The Intermediate Line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. The Intermediate Line is brought to you by nervouswater.com.au, Thomas and Thomas Rods, Shilton Reels and Cortland Lines. Ketterfly, Australian made apparel, made by fly fishers for fly fishers. Powerpole, total boat control. Beast Brushes, we stay in our lane of experience so we can improve your experience. My co-host Chris, where we're going to cover all the Fs tonight. Fly casting, fly fishing, fly tying and flatulence. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that, Volts, but it does sound like we're going to cover a lot of Fs tonight. So you could say that we totally give an F. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. Hey, the intermediate line, we give an F. In fact, three of them. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Couldn't hey. give an F. Me, I could. Um, yeah, man. Special afternoon, man. I uh, nearly didn't make it here tonight. What? There's a story I didn't tell you. I wanted to get the organic reaction on the podcast because I thought, well, the least I can do is get a bit of content out of this. But uh, I was I went for a walk this afternoon. I don't have a very active job. So, you know, I, uh, I go for a few Ks walk in the afternoons. And um, mm. anyway, so I, and I do that and I listen to a podcast and... Um, I was, I was, I was going to cross the road where I normally would. There were some people out in front of me. So I decided to cross the road where you wouldn't normally cross. And, um, you know, I want to add at this point that I've successfully crossed the road without holding my parents' hand for a number of years now. Um, <laughs> so I've done this without issue. But in this particular day, I think because I had the podcast in my ears, I couldn't hear a car coming from the other direction. Mm. I was looking one way to beat one car, but not realizing there was another car coming the other way. And I nearly got hit. Big time hit. Like this, I... I was running and I had to jump back and nearly fell in the path of the other car. The other car, the car that hit me didn't even have time to throw the anchors out. It was just very quick. The car huh? that hit you, you said the car that hit you. Sorry, was was gonna, was close to hitting me. Sorry, okay. did I say that? Yeah. Well, yeah, it didn't yeah. hit me, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, shit his car all right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I did see the car quiver. I mean, I'm, I've got some big shoulders, man, you know, like it's uh. <laughs> There's a good chance that car saw me and go, oh, that was close. Yeah, look at that thick-wristed fucker. Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thank you for insulting my near-death experience. I appreciate it. But um, anyway, I, anyway, so I'm walking along after it, and I'm, I'm sort of, I was a bit shaken. But 
you know, after about 20 minutes, I sort of forgave myself for being such a dickhead. And, um, you know, I started to ponder, you know, what could have happened because it was pretty fucking close. Um, I started to think to myself, you know, what would happen if, uh, if that turned pear-shaped, you know? Um, you know, who would miss me? You know, obviously my family, my friends, the, the bakeries with their apple pies. I mean, that'd put a dent in the economy, I reckon. And, um, and who knows, mate, what will the people do without beast brushes to copy? I mean, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> you need to get off your chest. Do you want to workshop that? <laughs> well, no, not really. That's um. Well, I'll get it this way. You know, yeah, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, right? Yeah, right. I was going to say, how does that make you feel? Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, man. I'll, I'll explain. You know, look at this way. You know, it, you know. It took me. It took me a good. Yeah, I don't know. So, so some of the guys copied the um. The, I've seen a bit of graded bucktail going around. It took me twenty years of learning how to tie bucktail to for what I was doing. You know. So, so um. You know. Good luck to them. How do you know they're copying you? Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't follow them. They follow me. They copy me. I don't copy them. Yeah. So, right. Yep. You know. I don't know, man. It's uh, it is one of those things. It's all good, mate. I don't know. It's um, I don't know. Some of those dudes were probably two two years old or five years old when I started tying bucktail flies for what, what I can offer now with the grading. But it's hard to get upset when you know, well, they don't really know what they're doing. You know. All right. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, so I don't I don't really care, man. I don't pay attention to be honest with you. But uh, I just thought it was a funny way to think of my near death experience. <laughs> well. I was certainly laughing about the uh, the apple pies, man. I'm thinking of that movie, American Pie. But uh, hey, listen. <laughs> let me let me say this though, like uh, in regards to the book. New batch coming soon, guys. Save your pennies. Uh, a couple of weeks, new batch of um, proper graded tails. You know, got from it. the guy who did it first in Australia. Nice, nice. You got any showstopper grade coming, mate? I don't know what I got coming, man. I get a big box from people who don't know what they're looking at from a very cold part of the country, and I am very grateful because uh, they'll send some. Uh, what did you call your eight-inch clouds? A showstopper tails, right? That's right. Showstopper. Yeah. Showstopper. Eight-inch fibers. Very intimidating for a lot of tires, mate. Yeah. Don't big that. I don't. Have to... Hey, um, speaking of. Uh... <laughs> speaking of, uh, you know, uh, beef following. Um, mm. uh, I see you've you started pumping out the uh, some some boxes of bonefish flies, dude. Tell us about that. Oh, you you might know my uh, co-host from last week that we spoke about this too. But yeah, mate, I've um, started doing um, some bonefish flies packs. They, <laughs> I feel like we've spoken about it a little bit of deja vu coming through. Yeah, they, I did two two boxes up. Uh, what was the well near near a hundred flies and um, and they sold in a couple of hours. It went really quick. So. Yeah, I've I've had some people contact me. There's more coming, folks. More bonefish flies, more flat spotter. Um, but I'm only doing bonefish flies. But there'll be more coming soon. Yeah, right. Sounds yeah. good, man. Oh, how's um speaking of flies? Uh, I got a message from Rod Rodney Collings from um, AFO. So last year I fished with him um, close around this time um, in a in a barren pound and. Um, and from 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 just watching what was going on there and stuff, because that that place is so fucking unique to every other barren pound I've ever fished. Like they do things there that I've never seen before. Um, mm. Anyway, so I designed this fly in consultation with Rod, which was essentially like a, a deer hair head bend back, like a deer hair a bend back slider, but 
I integrated a tab of foam in it so that it picked the rear end of the hook up. So that essentially, the, instead of the fly sitting vertically at rest, it's set level, like the surface of the water, and, and with an attempt to keep the, the hook point at the surface of the water. So the fly the, the fly would skim over the weed because of that foam tab in the gate. Is that making sense? Hard to describe. I, mean, I know it hasn't been done that I know of. Would you describe it like uh, using the foam tab almost like uh, acting as a weed guard, you know, like a monosprig style? But um, Yeah, it could be, I suppose. It will, yeah, it would collapse inside the gape on the E. Um, right. anyway, anyway, so I did that and I tongue-in-cheek called it a hot rod. I posted it up on my page about a year ago and, and um, you yeah, know, no one had, had fished it until this morning. And Rod sends me a photo and he goes, the hot rod works. And he's got a nice picture of a fatty barramundi sitting on the deck of his boat that's got a uh, hot rod a white hot rod hanging out of its mouth which is pretty cool Ooh, nice Barrett. concept that to completion good. yeah mate well that that's closing the circle nice work good one rod you know yeah 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 hey yeah. i blame rod for encouraging you <laughs> that's uh that's i mean that's the good thing about fly design is that you find it you find a problem you um come up, come up with a solution you uh, post it on Instagram. <laughs> Important part of the process. You you claim all the accolades from people who have seen who've pressed like on it without actually seeing it catch a fish, and um, and then you scratch your head and you wonder why. But um, then you move on to catching fish, and then the fly is complete. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh. uh, yeah. So it's um because that's what fly fly tying is all about, right? Catching fish, still, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. I mean, that is for well for. For most people, that that's why they fly fish. They want to catch fish. Um, well, that's why I do it. That's what I identify with. But I don't look down on others. Um, no, it's it's a journey for everyone. But yeah, that's uh, hopefully that's the point of fly fishing is to catch something. Mm. The point of fly tying is to um, is to solve solve the problems based on your own observation. In my opinion, I think that's a good way to look at it. I think that's a good approach for any fly tire, really. You know. Yeah, yeah it's good lateral thinking too. Like. Uh, how to, how to, you know, have a fly that, you know, skims across the top. You might only be looking at a couple of inches at most of, of clear water over the top of those weeds at certain times. But, you know, particularly early in the morning, the barrier right up in that shit. Um, They're like sharks, man. They're like finning sharks. That's what it reminds me of, eh? It's just sure fucking do, incredible, yeah. that fishery, eh? Yeah. And it's, it's good, you know. I, um, uh, it's, a, it's a good ap- adaptation. I haven't seen much like that, eh? That's pretty cool. I um, can't think of anything like I mean, the... The, I think the problem, I mean, the bendback is is quite weedless. Um, yeah. The uh, the problem associated with a lot of poppers, and and this is a desirable action in poppers, is for them to sit vertically at rest. Yeah. But in doing that, you you run the risk of um of of fouling, uh, yeah. in the in the weed. And in those scenarios, as you've seen in that situation, you know you you might be just ticking that thing along by like um you know a, a matter of centimeters. You're right there, buddy. You lose a bit of air. Sorry, man. What was that? Uh, nothing. Um, uh, you might be just ticking along a matter of centimeters, but if you snag just a small bit of weed, um, yeah, you're going to spook that fish. It's got to be completely slipping through, eh? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think it's that, that design. I mean, that's, that's Mark 1. I don't think it's completely, completely, you know, going to gonna slip through. It, um, based on what Rod told me, you know, it did catch it occasionally, but I think I can tweak it. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, get back there oh, one day and... I love, tidy that thing up. I love watching a fly from concept to, you know, local, like a, you know, a fly so, solving a local problem, you know, evolving from a concept to, 
to, like we said, completing the circle, catching a fish. Um, you know, it, it's pretty cool. It, it sort of reminds me of, um, you know, we were talking to Jeff Anderson over in Broome, and he was talking about, um, you know, how they evolved some local crab flies to to suit local um, local challenges. Uh, you know, the, the the floating crab. You know, I'm not saying it originated there, but you know how they adapted that to their local fishery. That was mm. a really cool example. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the uh, the the yeah uh, yeah. I was I was just going to talk about um, you know when we had them on the show, they spoke about the heads or tails thing uh, of the um, and Jeff often refers to that like you know like being able to imitate with a range of materials. He refers to making that cow shit pat uh, the cow shit crab. You know, yeah. I don't think it was a fly, but he made he made a disc out of cow shit and he chucked it over. And the permit thought they were crabs falling off the jetty, and they'd come <laughs> up and they they'd mouth the cow shit and let, obviously spit it out quickly, quickly. But yeah, yeah. that yeah. And speaking of that, huge announcement! If you enjoyed the Heads or Tails podcast we did with Jeff Anderson and Simon Penn, um, I feel incredibly uh, lucky to be hosting. The Heads or Tails original uh, in conjunction with Mad Phil Media or Phil, Phil Jagger um, on Beast Brushes. So the, all the, all the, as far as I know, all the DVD hard copies are sold out worldwide. You know, it's Last time we did the podcast, a lot of feedback we got was where can we buy it? I had people telling me that they found a copy in Montana at some dingy little fly shop there. Uh, you know, you scour the internet, you just can't find them. So now for you um, new schoolers, if you... Um, if you haven't seen Heads or Tails, educate yourself. It's it's it could be arguably one of the best fly fishing films in the world. In my opinion, I think it's the uh, the the best the best fly fishing film we've seen in Australia. And sure, we might see some better footage around and more modern stuff, but you couldn't get more two down to earth proper fishers than than Jeff and Simon that don't do it for the gram that get got captured by a dude who's passionate about filmmaking and a great fisher himself, all that translates in that video in amongst some of the most epic permit fishing you've ever fucking seen. It is oh, awesome. It was so, uh, it was inspirational, aspirational. Um, and, you know, the footage was great. The, uh, I, don't, I don't want to say, call them actors, but the characters. You know, <laughs> the cast. And, and, yeah, the cast, the Simon Penn. Um, you know, just... It all came together with a unique flavour, and um, and I really <coughs> love, um, dare I say, the music track to it too. Um, yeah, all Australian, all Australian yeah, music. Yeah, Cog and that, and it, it was good. Um, it, it was such a such a cool time in in Australian um, fly fishing too. It really um, was, eh? Yeah, yeah, it was cool, cool, uh, cool movie. Uh, Come along at the right time. Um, it was just perfect. Yeah, I loved it. It really yeah. was. It, you're right. I, I couldn't think of it. it. It might get. I don't even think it'd get lost now. I think any time would be a good time for that movie to come out. It's so, so unique. But it was, it was 100% my introduction to, um, to Australian permit fishing, as in like the potential of it. You know, everything else you read it was in magazines. I can remember um, a magazine um, article that. Um, I'm wondering if that's true, actually. But anyway, um, I remember Starlo wrote an article about surfing crabs coming out, um, up in Cape York. Can't yeah. what creek that was coming out of there. Anyway, they were surfing on mangrove, mangrove crab, mangrove leaves. Like crabs were on there. And the permit were flipping the leaves over, looking for crabs. Yeah. Um, you know, stuff like that. But I mean, everything was in print or was in still photos. But 
to have a feature film like that, man, it was epic, eh? And the variety of scenarios that they're catching them in too. You know, not just um, that classic cloud of scrab, shrab and uh, crab and shrimp death coming yeah. down the beach. You know. Oh yeah, man! All the shallow reef with waves breaking over them, the um, the jetty scene. There's even an out. I would say it's an outtake. It just at the end, it's extras where they're um, they're in a creek. It's not really sight fishing, but you can see the water's deep. It's it's laid in a flooding tide, and um, and there's um, uh, it might actually be the beginning of the. I can't remember. It's, it's near the top of the tide, mm. and there's uh, there's just bubbles coming to the surface. It was clearly something disturbing the bottom, and. Um, uh, one of them sinks a fly right down into that and uh, comes Don't up. Don't give it away. Don't give it away. Oh, yeah. Don't give it away. You've got Don't to buy it. One of them sinks a fly down and you'll have to <laughs> grab the video. <laughs> yeah, then, then there was that part where Jeff was just burling up with um, with pilchards and um, then Simon got the scent out, put it on his crab. Yeah. <laughs> None um, of that happened. I was going to say, man. <laughs> Out here, yeah. Hey, um, so Phil, Phil emailed me some um some artwork to add to the uh to the um spiel uh, the other day. But in that email, I know a lot of people have probably seen this, but I tell you what, if you're after a um a great um Phil Jagger uh, made video that's free on YouTube, um, search Brad's inverted commas spreader close inverted commas bell. Um, it's by it's. Let me just go to the website and have a look. Hang on, it's Wreckfish, I believe. Yeah, if you just uh, type Brad Spreader Bell, the first result in videos is Brad Spreader Bell full. Version. Oh, is it? Wreckfish West. Yeah, that's you got it. Six, six thirty-six long video, mate. Six minutes thirty-six seconds. Yeah. After that, you hit play and it starts up with an ad for those um, koala outdoors segmented lures. That guy. Um, look at hey, I don't, I don't get that. Are you is that because you're looking at the koala outdoors segment lures? No, it's probably because you have YouTube Premium. I get, I get, I get an adver advertisement for um for shirts that fit big muscles and stuff. <laughs> and, um, yeah, <laughs> and, and and larger front pocket underwear. You know, it's um, but like that's, I guess it's just, I mean, like YouTube, you know, YouTube will just um, you know, show you ads based on your search history, right? Why has your missus been searching that? <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Let's end that conversation. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, uh, yeah, I've just got that video on mute. It's pretty, I can tell it's pretty entertaining. It looks like, uh, mate. looks like Brad and his mate Webby. Right. Tall, skinny dude. Look I'm going to, I'm going to task you to turn that off to get your full concentration with this next question. <sighs> All right. Um, mm -hmm. So you you um, visited a uh, a film festival as such uh, recently. Oh yeah, yeah. So there's a it's a brand new concept. It's not uh, there's very little fly fishing in it at the moment, um, but it's called the Topwater Film uh, Invitational, and it was a um, it was a co okay, co owned or co presented by um, uh, a, a new company called uh, TFI and BCF are the major sponsors. Uh, look like TFI. Uh, a lot of acronyms going on there, mate. Yeah, well, they were part of um, that um, SCFs. Um, <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So yeah. What's t okay, let's start the start. What's to People who are listening from overseas and stuff, what's TFI, mate? It's Topwater Film Invitational. Now, this, this particular 
challenge was they went to 10 very prominent YouTubers and they had um, they were presented with an invitation, which they all seemed to accept. Um, they had 14 days to film, um, edit and submit a, um, a movie that featured great topwater fishing. Um, so, so you know, they had 14 days to put this together? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty cool concept. Yeah. Oh wow! And um, most of them uh, ended up producing movies shot on it. Well, they all shot on a Great Barrier Reef, or, or you know, in North Queensland. I think, looking back, that might have been part of the um, uh, part of the um, you know the rules. Um, and it turns out, you know, when I when I spoke to a few of the guys there about it, they were given some guidelines because they mostly featured you know GT popping. Um, and you know the great barrier reef there were some really common themes that um they were required to to touch on which i really appreciated too there was a theme of custodianship you know cleaning up the reef leaving it better than than when um than when they arrived and that was common in each video there was also um uh sections of you know that required to demonstrate a connection to country um and you know attribute uh well recognition of of the uh, traditional owners which I think is really great. Um, so I, um, I got talking to a few of the guys there. There was um, there's ten movies. The voting is open now. You, you've got to you've got to download an app, um, pay, pay for it. Uh, I think it's twenty five bucks to vote. There's uh, big prizes for the um, for the contestants. I think there's a total of hundred plus, hundred thirty, hundred forty grand. The winner gets seventy. Um, 70k, so it's pretty, um, it's pretty significant. These guys have put in a great effort. Hey, it's amazing. Yeah. Like a lot of these YouTubers, like you know, time is very valuable to them. They, you know, they got the more content they put out, the more downloads they get, the more, the more spondula they get to spend on new gear, or you know, fuel or houses or families or whatever. You know, like it's just it's their bread and butter. So, mm. you know, taking the time out to produce a video that you know may or may you know may or may not generate income is a big ask. So. Seeing all these guys put in a in a uh, in a top effort um, was was really good. I, I, it's sort of hard to single some out because you, you're going to offend the ones that you don't. But there was um, there were some real standouts for me. Um, you know, there's no secret the um, uh, you know previous guys we, we had well previous guy we had on uh, Andy Thompson. Um, he's a he's you know first and foremost a fly fisher, but obviously YouTubing sort of. Um, has, has sort of consumed him a bit and he, he has that, that channel um andy's uh cooking and outdoors or campouts or something like that I've, I've got to get on top of that uh, but yeah andy um andy had a great great one that focused on um on the um i'd say the, the fishery in his area but it, it started out in a um the story started right at the headwaters of a uh of a you know jungle stream and then obviously went down downstream to the to the reef and Andy fishes his way down there. There's a, a great theme, like I've mentioned earlier, about the connection to, to country, which is something Andy speaks about, um, you know, how, you know, sometimes he's in a place and, and, he, and he gives two examples that just felt like home, you know, just thought that's where he belonged. Mm. And, um, you know, and that's that's something deeply personal. I'm sure we've all felt that on occasions. And, and Andy really connected well with me there. Um, there was a couple of other videos that were really entertaining. Um, uh, Pelagic Pursuit and and uh, Froth Cafe. They 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 popped up a, a big GT and, and they did it on a um, 
on a uh, on a stand up paddle, which was pretty cool because he ended up going to- towed around by this GT quite quite quickly. He ended up um, popping the first one, ran him under a coral, and then he landed the second one. That was pretty cool. Um, and you know that was fairly unique. Um, so you know, I guess guess they do that. Uh, There's a lot of drone footage and 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 GoPro. That was great. There was um, some guys from Harvey Bay originally, Coastal Chaos. They had a really sort of well thought out video, um, uh, and you know they they went did battle with some big GTs. I think there's Maori Rass in there. There's a ringing guy. You know joins them for a bit too. There was um, um, uh, just thinking about it, Matt Hueys did their own. You know Matt Huey style, super high energy, lots of fun. Hueys. Yeah, shoeys, uh, flipperies, you know, through a through a you know a um, a flipper, they're doing that, um, all sorts of huh. fucking shenanigans, mate. I, I don't reckon I'd last more than two hours with those guys. I'd just pass out drunk, you know. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> to, to their credit, not, you know, not really my style. I'm throwing up the white flag. Uh, those those guys, um, you know, I don't know how they do it. You know, clearly they they'll be middle aged before long, and fucking hell. Um, yeah, anyways. Good luck to them, aren't, mate. Aren't they already middle-aged, those dudes? I don't know, man. <laughs> They've got a lot of going, mate. Yeah. Uh, now, there was uh, there was a couple other ones there that were fairly uh, thought-provoking. Um, there was there was one that um, uh, cast, um, you know, cast mag. They, they produced one which was, man, at the, the first watch, it was, it was very, very different, um, you know, and that's that's my personal opinion. And you know, I, I said as much to to them afterwards. I ended up having a chat to them, and which was fortunate because they they got they got to explaining the 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 way that they produced it. Um, the the editor, uh, well, the producer and editor of the videos, is uh, you know, man, that, this guy's really talented in terms of um, the skills and tricks he's got up his sleeve, man. He you know, he's he's really good. In fact, you know, in time, I, I hope he can. Um, I hope he can take the photos for my Instagram page. Well, my fish look huge. <laughs> no, but he's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that on the outro. Eh? Okay. Yeah. He, we got some, uh, we got some uh, listener feedback about your uh, photos. <laughs> yeah. No, but he's a, he's an incredible talent. Um, and you know, but there were a lot of different themes there that I'll, I'll admit. You know, probably most of them went over my head right at the start uh, on my first watch. So. It might. I haven't watched it more than once, but um, if, you know, it, the 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 thing is, once you know what's going on, it's it makes a lot more sense. Um, and there are a lot of themes there, and uh, they call that that movie referendum. Um, but anyway, all the all of the um, all the participants, you know, they they've done a great job um, in terms of you know the effort, what you know the opportunity cost, and by that I mean you know what they've actually had to. You know, I've had to put away their their businesses or their interests um, to you know to produce it, and it was pretty cool, mate. Um, oh, but one of my other favourites was Back to Basics. Um, yeah, those guys don't do fly fishing as such very often, but yeah, they've um, this examined the this the mateship of two guys who who met at uni and they've gone on some great adventures up and down the Queensland coast. You know where they, um, in fact, all, all over Australia where they. You know, spearfish and fish, and you know, camp out on coral caves or on you know far-flung islands, beaches, etc. And it's it's a good watch too. Those ones, um, 
that one had a really good a really good theme about um, about mateship and, and personal journey too. Mm. Uh, and you know, that was there was a humble moment in that one that sort of struck struck me a bit was that they um, they end up losing a, a decent GT and they having trouble catching fish uh, or producing enough good decent ones for the video um, due to bad weather or timing or whatever. And anyway, um, they lose one. Um, and you know it's a decent one. And there was a bit of discussion about one of them thought the other guy mightn't have fought it hard enough, or, or had the drag set high enough. Maybe even used a two lighter leader. I'm not sure. Larry Light Drag, you're saying, right? Yeah. <laughs> Larry Light Drag, mate. Yeah, Harry Highstick, Larry Light Drag. Anyway, the GT won. The dude comes second, and um, they weren't and friends was, anymore. <laughs> just for that brief moment, they. Anyway, they reflected that um, that you know pretty well. Um, but yeah, and then you know they uh, they overcame that and caught you know a decent GT at the end. So yeah, it was it was a good it was a good one, mate. It, um, I'd recommend people if if they're interested. Um, it, you know, I I feel like it, there's we haven't seen the end of this sort of concept. It, it could be uh, it could spread into the future too. So uh, I think there's um, there's well, is it uh, okay? Yeah, if it spreads out, it might open up to people that aren't YouTubers. You know, as well. You think? Oh yeah, well, who who knows, man? It could be it could be spreading into fly. It could be spreading into you know worldwide. I mean, um, guys like Phil, like I mean, from Heads of Tails, he might hear this, and you know, who knows? He might get into it one day. Yeah. You know, like uh, someone who's got the ability to make, you know, I mean, like those guys, a great, great, um, great, great, great filmmaking skills. Oh yeah, they're they're great. You know, if a film if a film makes you watch it, the film makes you feel like. You want to go somewhere and visit. So, if a film makes you want to pick up a new technique, you know, then that film's a success. Um, you know, you you don't have to, you know, like the the technique. I don't say like the technique. You know, you don't have to like everything about the video, be it the music, the you know, the the characters or whatever. But if it, if if you're talking about it or you're thinking about it or you want to do it, you know, it fires some sort of aspirational you know aspect then yeah it's pretty good you know um mm. and and you know for for frustrated you know middle ages like me who are sitting at home you know it's it's pretty good you know it's not as good as being out there but you know it touches yeah frustrated good. middle ages is that how you describe yourself well here i am talking about fishing on a wednesday night to you yeah it um ah. <laughs> Scratching an itch, man. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I, I went fishing on Monday night. Actually. Did you? Tell me about. Got about. No, mate. You just you just told us about a film festival for ten minutes. Let's get Jack on. Oh yeah. Okay. So, who's Jack? Do you want to introduce him? Just Jack. Uh, Jack Porter is a um is a is a commercial fly tire. Porter's flies. He's from Southeast Queensland. Um, he's a good bloke. He'd probably beat the crap out of you. And um. And I think that um, I think we uh, we get him on. All right, I get him on now. Righty, Sport. All right, here he is. All right, well, thanks for joining us, folks. We're here with our esteemed guest, Mr. Jack Porter. How are you, Jack? Splendid, boys. For those people who don't know, Jack is a uh, resident of Southeast Queensland. He's a commercial fly tire and an avid fisherman. And like I said in the intro, could probably beat the shit out of Volsi. Do you think that's true, Jack? 
Um, oh, mate, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I would uh, but beat if you him had with my to. words. Right. <laughs> oh. I'll beat him with my words. Right, okay. Jack, did you, um, just for interest's sake, did you play for the East Tigers? I did. Yeah, what position? Uh, 12 or 13 centres. Yeah, right, okay. Good, mate. Nice. What's the East Tigers? Yeah, rugby East Union rugby. and Rugby League Club, actually. But, yeah, Rugby Union's my oh, right. go. There you go. Yeah. I know. Um, so who do you go for? Do you go for the All Blacks or do you go for Australian, mate? Oh, I'm an Australian through and through, boys. Right. Yeah. We just need to establish that because Volsi goes for the Springboks. No, I don't. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love Oh, that's that. right. You Actually, like you did say that, didn't you? Don't ever mention that on the show. I apologise, Volts. Yeah, um, yeah, thank you, mate. Oh, my so God. As, long as, you, as long as you aren't following their cricket team the last week, you'll be all right. <laughs> oh, we, we better not mention that then. Um, all right, look, moving on. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, Jack, my question to you is, mate, yes. uh, how's commercial how's commercial fly time going for you, mate? You're, you're new on the scene relatively, I guess, in the, uh, in the, in the timeline of all commercial fly tyres. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you're climbing the ranks, mate. You've got a great range of flies. How would you summarise your experience so far? Um, it's actually, it's been surprisingly good, actually. I sort of kicked in, you know, kicked in a gear the end this time last year with the sort of goal of buying myself a bass boat in the next three or four years. And I figured if I tied, you know, 50, 60 flies a year, I'd probably pay for some new sounders by the time I got there. And I'm... Um, Probably going about bloody quadruple that at the moment, which and finding nice. time to finding time to keep up, which is the best part. That's one of the one of the downs. Uh, sorry, I wouldn't say downs. It was one of the most challenging things as a commercial fly tire, particularly when you're not doing it full time. I mean, uh, it's um, we're, we're going to go into what you do later on, which we can. But um, yep. you're not full time, right? Just no, shit no. shit so no. finding time to to tie flies. Uh, from my own personal experience, I'm sure many people would could attest to this as well, is one of the most challenging parts of commercial fly tying. For sure. Yeah, you know, especially when you've got, you know, you got small kids and you've got a day job and you still want to go fishing. And I've got chooks that take me half an hour, an hour a day to look after. So, you know. Um, feeds the chooks too. He does. We've all yeah. got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> won't feed and, themselves. Yeah. No, they, won't, they will not. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but anyway, you know, they all go to bed early enough and I'll squeeze out an hour or two sort of most nights to keep up with things. Yep. Everything okay? Everything take, <laughs> take, okay that, take that as you will. <laughs> yeah. 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 How, how's young kids going? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're good, mate. Yeah. They keep me busy, but they're, they're very good. Yeah. How old are your kids, mate? Uh, one and two. Jeepers. And you're commercially fly-tying too. Yeah, I don't with like a day sit- job, I don't like sitting still. Clearly, clearly, or sleep. Well, no, I'm in bed by ten and up by sort of half past five. We go all right. Yeah, okay. You 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 think you think you might be in that small percentile that can you know work fine on five to six hours sleep? Um, well, I suppose you'd have to say that, wouldn't you? I, I, I haven't been so. pulled up of your day job yet, so I must be. Yep, yep. Fair enough, mate. Um. All right. Well, you know that that might uh, be evident when we find out what you do for a living, too. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. It's it's in the lineup of what we want to talk about. Wonderful. Um, I got a bit of a uh, philosophical question for you there, um, Volts. Uh, well, Volts, feel free to jump in as well there. But Jack, this one's directed to you, mate, as the yeah. uh, interviewee. <laughs> uh, um, how important do you think it is 
uh, staying in your lane. And I, the reason I ask that is because it's not loaded in any way because that's what I believe that you do within the context of the question, which is the reason why, you yeah, know, I think most people will be very interested in your commercial flight time. Yeah, no, I am. Um, well, I take a very, yeah, you've articulated your response to that pretty, you know, verbosely numerous times. And <laughs> I, um, I tend to agree pretty well wholeheartedly with your sentiments. You know, if you're not, if you're not fishing what you're tying, geez, you, there's probably someone better else to be tying it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What well, you're saying is the sentiment of staying in your lane's got big dentition, as far as you're concerned. It does. It's got it's got very big na bloody gnashes. That's for sure. Stable benthic strata is another way of putting it. Yeah. That's right. But no, look, if you if you're tying flies and selling them to people and they want to go and catch fish on them, well, if you're not catching them, fish on them, and using them, or having at the very least used them in the mm. past, I think you're very hard pressed to be doing a good job. That's, yeah. I mean, that's that's fair enough. I guess you know, one thing to expand on that is, like, I guess, as 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 simple as it sounds, this question, what does that mean to you, or what? How would you explain the the the, the benefit of that to someone else? Well, look, I would just look at it as if someone come to me chasing surf candies, I'll tell them to go somewhere else because I don't, my little boat won't get me out tuna fishing, so I don't go tuna fishing, so I don't know if the surf candies on tying are going to do their job for you. So mm. I don't want you spending your hard-earned cash on flies that I can't guarantee will do their job. Mm. There you so, go. yeah, that's I, that's my sort of stance on all of that. Yeah, I think um, I think anyone who sells anything or likes their job, you know, is is passionate about what they do. You know, would have to have a sort of a personal interest in what they do as well. You know, that's right. um, you got you know, you to love what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like fishing the flies I tie. I like tying the flies I tie, and that's why I do it. You wouldn't often find, um, you know, a, a tofu enthusiast selling steaks, you know what I mean? It wouldn't be good steaks anyway. No. <laughs> well, they wouldn't know, you know? That's how could, how exactly could they recommend, right. you know? That's, um, so that's what that's that's what you're saying. So I guess, you know, to, to in, in a little brief summary, I suppose, is, is giving a shit about your customers is probably more along the lines of what staying in your lane means that's to right. you. Yep. And um and, and what you're putting out, you know, you were, I mean, well, I take pride in my work and I would expect most people do. So yeah, I know, I know with the flies on time because I fish them that if they are as good as they need to be or if they're not as good as they need to be, they get cut up and started again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, mate. Um, yeah, look, I mean, and I guess, you know, like I'm sure you'd agree as well, Vols, you know, the things you learn – on the water. I mean, you you yourself as well, Volts. You've had plenty of time to be able to uh, co-develop patterns with with uh, with fly tires. You know, uh, you know, tell them what your observations are. It'd be hard to tell someone your observations if they weren't, you know, seeing them too. You know, do, would yeah. you guys both agree to that? Or quite, yeah, or quite sure what they put on the hook to start with. Yeah, as yeah. to you know, to make the connections that Volts might be feeding back to them. You know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the most recent example I can think of that was I was, I was working with Dill, um, Dylan in WA, you know, on on some shrimps. So it was pretty specific about, you know, some some adaptations. He already had a, a pretty good pattern, but I wanted to tune it for my liking, you know, like a, and, a and gentle enough, tweak. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, a a bolsiism. <laughs> a candle tweak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mat candle got tweaked. And yeah. the, um, 
we, we played with, a, uh, you know, the weight and the distribution and, and also the placement of um, some feelers on a shrimp fly just to, to get the exact um, sort of, I wouldn't say sink rate, but attitude that yeah. I was after. And um, um, it's still, I'm still not 100% on it. Like, I just, probably next next version will be slightly more weight. What's the outcome you're chasing? Uh, excuse me, guys. There's something that's been interference. Is someone uh, collecting aluminium cans for cash a can right now? Sorry, I'm digging a bloody jig hook out of a packet. Ah, right. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that's like I'm pretty good at the, at the, at the radio. Sorry? That's a valid one. Is it? Is it an A-Rex jig, mate? It is, mate. A, uh, I'll tell you. PR370, 60-degree bent streamer. Bent streamer. What size? Four-aught, I reckon. Yep. Four-aught? Four-aught. I was going to say, you said you were Australian earlier. Oh, just, <laughs> just have it for, for North, if you will. I, I, I just want to take this point to not skim over how good I would do with those radio guess that sound competitions. Like, I, I was pretty close <laughs> then, eh? Rattling around tin cans. Yeah, you're not far Yeah, off. collecting. Yeah, you know, like you're crushing them up to put them in the... Yeah. Anyway, ring back next week. You're wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next caller, please. Um, <laughs> Jack. I see. Yeah, so um, yeah, get, getting back to the, um, oh. you know, where, you know, you want to tune up your flies, and and you know, the end result is 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 by you know when it's based on, on on uh, on the water observations and and getting you know the the results in the sort of places you want, um, it you can't beat that, you know that that's that's how sort of progress is made. So that's mm. right. Yeah. Is that what I mean? I don't think it's a fair enough question for me, but a question to you, Vols, because, you know, you haven't been a commercial fly tie, but um, myself and Jack have been, or I have been, Jack is. Um, you know, do you find that that's a very important um, a very important part of the communication process for uh, for you to be have the confidence that that person knows what the hell you're talking about? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, you need, you need them to understand without them, you know, being on the, on the, casting deck next year when this shit goes down you know what what you're going to do um uh you know what you're trying to achieve and you know how how they go about it in in a fly when someone someone who hasn't so hasn't done it goes yeah that should do i mean i know that's their stamp of their stamp of confidence and they've done their very best effort and you're not trying to diminish that but it it's not necessarily you know unless they have been there or done it they might know exactly that they're that they've aligned perfectly with what you you want to do, um, mm. and in reality, you know, for someone like me who you know I don't well who does get to fish as much as they'd like, but you know, but the actual the actual effort that goes into into being in that you know in that certain exact place in time and tide and and location in your life, like it's it's pretty fucking finite the number of opportunities you get. You want to put your best foot forward every time. And you know, take as much of the chance out of it as possible. Um, you know, so a level of experience, a level of almost humility and understanding that goes into that communication purpose. Uh, sorry, communication process when you're de- designing and 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 coming up with these flies. Um, it's so important. Oh, that, that that's, yeah. you hit the nail on the head. That humility there, like to to, to knock a conversation on the head and turn around and say, "I'm a, I'm a tradesman. Don't tell me how to how to party," is um is fucking. The days of the dinosaur, you know. Yeah. When you agree, Jack, like it's uh, you know, an open form of discussion is is important for you and your customers, yeah. Absolutely, mate. And look, the the flip side of what Volti's going, you know, he's he's buying flies as 
some would argue, an elite fly fisherman and he knows exactly what he wants. <laughs> Does he know someone that... <laughs> he might. But anyway, so anyway, so you got you got the Volties, right? You know exactly what they're after. Yeah. And then you've got other <laughs> people who, who might be going, you know, just getting into fly fishing or they're going fishing for something that I fish for that they don't fish for and they've yep. got a lot of questions. Yeah. And, yep. and you want to be able to answer them as confidently and as accurately as possible so they're making the best choices they can make. Yeah. Just, um, the, so, just the other day, as an example of this, it actually wasn't yeah. even the other day, it was this morning or something, had yeah. a, a gun fisho from up north, gun barra fisho, asked me, Yo, who, do I, who do I go for, you know, for cod flies? And I named a couple of uh, two or three ties. I said, you know, have a chat with Jack Porter. And, um, Did you say Jack Water? I said Porter, mate. Oh, okay. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Jack Water. Jack Water. Jack Water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the great so, man. So, yeah, you know, and because and, I know I know Jack's done a lot of a lot of cod fishing. He's, you know, done he's done a lot of fly fishing. You know, ties hell-looking flies. You know, you can do you can do far worse than, than that. And that, that process is, is you know, pretty pretty important. Is this guy, you know, he hasn't done it before and he wants to, to put his best foot forward. He wants to go there and get it done. And he's a fishy yeah. dude, so you know all they needed was a poke <laughs> in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That that's a hundred percent. Yeah, so you know, I hope, I hope he makes it rain, and you know, I hope you two can come together and and you know have. I have think a, as uh, as long as old Lanina's done her dash and will stay away, I think he'll bloody smoke him. Oh mate, this the when this rain finally pulls up, you know, it's going to be um, party gonna time. Be, yeah, mm. right on. Absolutely, it is mucking around and stuff. Hey, Jack, as far as, um, you know, like what you're saying there, you're talking about, um, you know, uh, tying a range of flies, the suit scenarios that people might put out to you. Yeah. You know, the, the origins of these flies and, and, and what they'll design for and what issues they've overcome from the original tire, mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess that, that comes down to the line of, like, uh, passing on that information that you've learnt. And along that subject, how, how important to you is is giving you know credit to the fly to the originator like as oh, it's, it's I'll just before I just answer that Jack I don't want to seem like a like I'm and to anyone listening or to you <laughs> that I don't that I don't come across like you don't give credit you give great credit but I just think it's sometimes lost and it yep. might be lost because they may not even know in the first That's place right. you know so do you feel a sense of responsibility to uh, you know perpetuate um, not so much to give credit to like an accolade, like, oh, this guy's awesome. He tied this first, but more about like giving people a trail to understand why they should even select that pattern or whether they can look back on it and see if there's a, a scenario that, that was overcome by the original fly tire that suits them instead of re-engineering something. You know what I mean? Do you need me to answer this? I reckon you just done it. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I just want to get, I just, I just want to get some, no, I, I just wanted to explain my angle. Cause I mean, you could look yeah. at saying, do you have, like, I could just, you could answer that, ask that question, like how important is giving credit to you? Yeah. And I guess it. it'd be a bit nuancy, like, as in like what angle yeah. to, to look at that in? Like, I mean, nah, I, right, I think mate. it's bigger than people giving people credit for like what they've yeah. done, you know? No, nah, no, nah, I was just bloody having a laugh. Anyway, no, <laughs> it, um, I was laughing. you're right. And it, and it does for, for all of the above, you know, like, geez, the ones I'm knocking out now, the ones I've just done basically we've all just come straight off nick knipes old blog basically oh um, cod cod country. Blog. yep yeah the two the two that i've just knocked off i picked up straight off of there when i got into it and look he's obviously done more man hours cod fishing than just about anyone else on the planet mm. so he wouldn't be you know recommending them if they didn't work so that was the you know that was the opinion i took going in when i was getting started cod fishing and guess what they caught a hell of a lot of fish 
They worked. Yeah, yeah. So when, you know, and fortunately for the bloke who I'm tying these for, he's going to a river that I fish a lot of, spend a lot of time in. So I knew the answer is straight away when he said, oh, well, I'll leave it up to you. So I went, sweet. Well, I know what I'm tying you mm. because I picked them up off someone who knew exactly what they were doing. And it's only fair to point out that, look, I didn't invent these and I got really good info because he was so generous to put it out there mm. that put me in the right track and that's going to let me put you on the right track. Yeah. And the same, you know, the same with all the deer hair work. There's plenty, There's no secret there that a whole lot of my skills have been honed and sped up by going back and forth with you. And, you know, between you and Pat Cohen's work, like I wouldn't be anywhere near with the deer hair I am without that. So can you say, sorry, can you say, can, can Jack sand his deer hair yet? I think oh, you can. I reckon there's a you couple could. here. I reckon I could run some sandpaper over if I went to the shed for sure. Yeah. There you go, man. That's hot shit. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I guess we all we all owe, I mean, you know, like everyone we just mentioned there, all owe it to Larry Dahlberg, really, with his um deer yeah. hair creations right that's from right. the start. Um but yeah, that's I guess right. um some with it, with modern modern tying techniques, those those problems have been some of the problems associated with the early early versions have been uh improved. Yeah. Improved for sure. Yeah. And you know, modern skills and stuff that you and you and and Pat have come up along with the tools and the resins that we've now got, like that raids app stuff's a bloody game changer. So yeah. you know all those tools and stuff certainly make our job spinning this stuff a hell of a lot easier. That's for sure. But and that's I guess that you're right. Like I mean, everything you're talking about there with the the people and the techniques and even the products is all born of hindsight and building a on top of that. And I guess that might be a good way to to um you know, talk about the crux of my question in regards to uh, giving credit to the fly originator, building yeah. on what's been originally done, understanding what's been originally done, because regression is possible without, I mean, well, it doesn't even need, it's not necessarily unique to fly tying. History, if history isn't learned, history is destined to be repeated. Is that the saying or something like Some, that? Something to that effect. You know, and I guess on a really small, insignificant scale, because, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're, if you're going to spend a lot longer on a fly than you need to, it's not the end of the world, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, you can really speed that up by understanding the the process that's led up to what you've you know been exposed to. I guess. Yeah, you that's say. right. You know, the bloke that's putting it up is not just bloody whip this thing up and he's guessing and hoping it's going to work. Yeah, yeah. You can go do, do a little bit of digging and find out that oh, hang on a shit, this thing's thirty, forty years old and it's been through six versions and here we are. That's why it looks the way it does and that's why it's going to work. Yeah, yeah, yep, exactly. I think I think it's uh, very important for for that reason. I think it really is. Um, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's other. I mean, look, you look at um, a lot of the, a lot of the information gets lost. We're in a we're in an age now, an information age. I guess it'd be fair enough to say, you know, yeah. pod, podcasts like um, like Millhouse, you know, like uh, yeah, chron What's the word I'm looking? Chronological. Anyway, chronologizing, chronologizing. Um, anyway, recording all these legends and putting it into uh, <laughs> digital data for for locked in forever. You know, yeah. it's um. You know, it's, it's a it's a great time to be to to be alive, and I guess we've still got access. It's not, you know, we've still got access to a lot of those guys that are alive that done um, a lot of these original patterns too right now. So yeah. it could easily get lost. It's it's a, it could be it could be seen as a tipping point right now. I guess you could say if it doesn't get carried through now in this information age, it could get easily could easily get buried. You know, it's so, certainly well. Yeah, I'm, I'm funnily enough, I am working on something to do with that little Dahlberg and 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 Larry's little diver and that near um. Yeah, it wasn't an easy thing to find any sort of real history on. And yeah. the podcast that April Vokey did actually with Larry. 
would have ended up being answering every question I sort of had. But it, none of that shit's written anyway. I didn't even know that ha- that podcast existed. Was he That's talking right. about the, it being a sinking fly originally? The stuff like well, that? I'm not going to give it all away. You'd have to go and listen because I've now written about it. But it, um, oh. it, it, go and have a listen. You'll, um, you'll be surprised. Yeah, right. Eh? All right. I'll, uh, I'll check that out. What have you written it for? Are you doing another article? Uh, fly life, yeah, eh? little fly life articles I'm working on. Yep, cool. Yep. Hey, Jack, just before we get off that topic, mate, I've uh, I've enjoyed your articles in Fly Life, mate. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Another yeah. Uh, another instance of staying in my lane, I think. <laughs> they're, well, yeah. they're well written and, and, yeah, like you said, it's evidence that, you know, the things you've um, you've written about are stuff you've, you've experienced and... Um, in you know, it, it comes from a from a place of of having done it. So well done. Yeah, that's right. No, no, happy days. Cheers, mate. No worries. Yeah, we we actually um have got a bit a bit to talk about that later on down the line. Um, uh, Sweet. Yeah, so we'll we'll cover that a bit more because we want to learn more about that experience for you and what that means for you for sure. But um, um, I want to get into the fishing a little bit and and sort of branch off what we've just spoken about and um, um. How does how does your commercial tying um, tie into your existing fishing? Well, I'm, geez, the flies in my box don't look like what I'm giving to people, that's for sure. But I, yeah. um, <laughs> well, certain little things like little you know like little birds and that, I sort of go and make sure I'm getting them right before I fish them, before I sort of offer them up to people and that. That last sort of one I did just to just to reaffirm for me that yep they are worthwhile pumping out for people and that kind of thing. So. Look, most of the flies that I am tying are the flies that are in my box, and when I go fishing, they're what I'm using. So it's yeah, okay. So your your fishing your your fishing is um tied in with your commercial tying. So you're Absolutely. you're basically yeah. So you're so you're not you're not soaking a block of cheese anymore. You're just you're just nah. fishing flies and and the flies that you tie for other people. Ninety five percent of the time, unless I'm going somewhere that's not totally like unless i'm going to Mondrian and we find them way back in the gnarly september that you couldn't even get a back cast in yeah then you know conventional gear is going to come and do its job but outside of that the fly rods in my hand 95 percent of the time yeah right okay well you know you wouldn't be alone in um in in fishing both um and you nah, definitely you'd be you wouldn't you'd be in the higher percentile of people that have come from uh conventional fishing to fly fishing um so um is it is the balance shifting are you fishing more fly because oh, of your commercial fly tying yeah i reckon for sure for sure i'm going yeah, yeah I've, I've got this little thing i want to go and try out and i've got like just look at those bloody those little sids and that that mark sort of made a bit of a ken dog got yep. them going and then i thought shit i've got to go and see if that'll work and so you know spin rods aren't even getting packed anymore when i'm going bass fishing that's for sure yeah, I, I must I'm, admit, I'm, I'm dragging two or three bloody fly rods around in the kayak. Yeah, yep. I must admit, I had a very similar experience, I suppose, and it's it's good to hear. Like um, in the in the early days of of game changes, just pretty lucky to be involved in them. You know, when they when weren't they really down. well, they weren't. Yeah, they, it was just really fluky how an interest got developed in them before they really took off worldwide. I mean, they've been, as you probably know, and Volti has known, they've been. They've been around since the early 2000s, but they never, ever kicked off for Blaine for probably till, I don't know, 2014, 15 or something like that, maybe. You know? Social media got them going. Yeah, they just sat there for yonks, you know, but just happened to be there at that at that right time. But like, working them out, 
like what you're talking about with the SIDS, like I found myself sacrificing very valuable fishing time to try and make those fucking things work, you know? And it's, yeah. um, and that's kind of what it takes, isn't it, really, to, to be able to create a fly that's new to the area, like like SIDS. Um, that's right. As an example, like, I mean. And you just what, want I'm, that proof of concept too, you know? You want yeah. You shit that looks like it should work. Yeah. Videos of it you know, doing what it does, it should work. But until you get that first, you know, that first fish or that first real good session using it, you don't know. Exactly, mate. Exactly. It's uh, and, and and that's really comforting to hear, I guess it would be for a lot of people because you look at the SIDS, uh, SIDS to talk about those, for example. Andreas Anderson from Sweden developed yep. that pattern. Arguably, it's very similar to Tommy Lynch's Drunken Disorderly. Um, both oh, yeah. of those guys talk about that that fly getting fished in a very similar way and in a very similar fashion. Um, we've got that scenario here, but you're putting them in front of bass instead of trout, both high in predator fish. Yeah. Um, and how's the success going with those? Well, before all this fucking rain come back, they were they <laughs> were the they were the out the little creek I've been fishing, they were the outstanding fly. Yeah. Fly country mile. Yeah. Like, are you are you fishing, fishing them? Floating, nah, oh, floating yeah. and a sink tip. I've been fishing them. Okay, because he's picked so, up. Yeah, Sorry, Mark man. fishes them just on that floating line. I've been saying to him, but I've um, just pushed them that little bit deeper just to see. You know, we knew they would work on surface because you know you throw arguably you throw just about anything on top near some bass in the right place, and it's going to make a bit of a wake. It's probably going to get bit, right? Mm. You know, you you could argue that. So I wanted to see how versatile it really was. So I went to that sink tip and fished it down sort of three, four foot, and, geez, it just got thumped. <laughs> well, that, that's how it was intended to be fished. Probably. Well, that's right. That's how, And that's how they were fishing it over there. But, you know, I think the easy way out is just go throw it on top, catch a bass, put a photo up and say, look, guy, it works. Here we go. Yeah. You know, but I wanted to really sort of cement that for me that it was going to be more than just a one-hit wonder on top, you know. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's – um. You know, we've got, I guess we've got a lot of players, and I'm trying not to like um, talk about myself with with the with the development as well. But it's same with that slow water game changer. Everyone thought that was a top water fly, you know. Yeah. But um, you know, going to catch it was never intended to be a top water fly. You know, it was very very important to me to go and catch fish on a sinking line with, yeah. with that fly. You know, to to show people that you know this opens up a whole new world, which yeah. is what you're doing with the, with the Sid. Although it's Andreas's pattern, you know, adapting him to um to Australian bass uh, is is uh, is it's going to take a little bit of work. You're doing them a little bit different to, to Andreas as well in, in as far as you're putting a shank in the middle, which I quite like the idea of that. You're kind of making a, a Sid well, slash game changer in a way. One, so what it, he's done the mini Sid, which is the one I've fished and caught a heap of fish, which is just the single hook, right? Mm. And then I think that full-size one he now does with – I only watched a video not long ago before I had a crack at them big ones. With He does two 15-mil little shanks in the middle. In, and a little small stinger hook in the back. So, yeah. Um, it might be a it, it might It might have been something. It might have been a buddy. It's his unholy diver, sorry. That's the world's about That's to say. The, the, unho the unholy diver's got the shanks in it. It's, but the it's got the shanks. Yeah, yeah, I just call them all the same thing because that bloody wedge <laughs> so, head. Yeah, yeah. They are pretty similar. I think the unholy diver's just got um, you know, a lot more craft. Oh, craft That's right. It. That's right. The natural. Yeah, so yeah. mine's just a bastard of a whole bunch of his bloody <laughs> very <laughs> well, good creations. And that's great. I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to you got to pick what works. Uh, you know, make it work for the species that the for the for the people for the people that are buying them for. That's um, right. And if that means tweaking an original pattern to suit a, a a new scenario, 
well then that's what that's what that's what fly fishing is i guess in a way that's right yeah, yeah um so we touched on it before you're a school teacher right that's correct do you want to talk about um what you know briefly what kind of school teacher you are oh uh, well, i'm a yeah, stereotypical bloody pe teacher Right. Yeah. Do you have really uh, short shorts as well? I, is it? I, yes, I do enjoy a nice fine pair of short shorts. <laughs> yeah. ABA sunnies, whistle. No, the Makos get a run now, but you know, okay. the bud, budgie smugglers at the swimming carnival, the whole deal. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice work, mate. Actually, Jack, you know, like um, followers of Jack Porter's social media would not be that unfamiliar with Jack and a pair of sluggos. I have half a suspicion that was why I got deleted the first time. Oh really? You got deleted? You count? Yeah, yeah, count got, yeah. yeah. Remember the end of last, the beginning of this year, I got the arse and had to start I, all over again. I do remember that, but um, that's uh, that's that's amazing that you would get um, cancelled. Well, for, they um, didn't tell me that was why, but you know, you got to have a reason, don't you? Did did they did Instagram delete it? Right? Is that what yeah, you're saying? I just went to I posted a photo of a bar, not in budgie smugglers, surprisingly, and next minute, see you later. Did for no reason. Couldn't log in, couldn't do nothing. The bloody the internet just said your account doesn't exist anymore. Basically, there you go, mate. Crimes well, against me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it depends who you ask, Waltz. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find your DMs blowing up a lot with pictures like that, or no, mate? No. Yeah. No. Clearly, the uh, other bloody young buck fishermen weren't too bloody intrigued by my look. I suppose. It's very European, Jack, and I think it's uh, it's it's not it's not widely accepted in Australia. So you know, bravo to you, mate, for setting the standard. You know, yeah, well, my old man always used to say it pays to advertise. Not not that I'm not that I'm trying to buy anything. That's for sure. I'm happily married. However, you know, yeah, just to, just to set it clear, ladies, <laughs> Jack's off the market. Okay. <laughs> It's, it's purely for your pleasure, these sluggo pitches. You know, it's not an invitation. We just we're just going to make that real clear on the podcast for you, Jack. Yeah, thanks, boys. No worries, man. We're here to serve. Wow, just like yeah. your photos do, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jack, with uh, with the school teacher, you know, yeah. uh, young family, yeah, um, yeah, new, new, newly wed. How how long ago were you married? Not so long ago. Uh, we're three. We're just going on three years, three and a bit years yeah. now. You're you're a newlywed. Yeah, um, I think that still counts. Yeah, yeah. Um, fishing time would be of a massive premium. You know, like you you're Correct. relegated to um, weekends, to holidays. Morning, mornings before work is about what I'm getting at the minute. If I'm lucky. Wow. What's I, I mean? School kicks off at what eight for you? Uh, no, as long as I'm walking in the door by half past eight, I'll, um, I'll get away with it. So. Goddamn PE teachers, right? On the water by sort of <laughs> 20 past, quarter past four, and fish till sort of seven, quarter past seven, and in the car, and away we go. I could imagine this scenario, you know, like it's uh, Jack Donuts in the morning. Right, <laughs> kids, laps. Yeah. A lot I don't of care how tired you are. That's right. You've not been up all night. You've not been fishing since four. You guys can run. <laughs> 800 meter duck walk. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> I don't care if you're crying and no notes from your parents. Yeah. Um, no, it, mate, it, it's as good a job as you can get for having a young family and that work-life balance, you know. We're in at 8.30 out at, buddy, you know, out by three, and holidays and all that. So it's, um, no, it's a ripper. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 
has uh, you know has trying to fit fishing into these um, you know small time slots? Is it uh, has it changed with your commercial fly tying? Like, have you felt more pressure to go testing and fishing um, um, at all? I, well, look, I've just got an addiction and I love fishing, so I always want to go fishing. But I think mm. it's probably almost gone the other way because. Look, I'm not fishing, yeah, but my flies are fishing and I'm seeing blokes catching fish on my flies and that's that's super cool. Mm. So it um it sort of helps fill in those gaps, you know, when I'm not getting to go fishing as much. Mm. And I get that still get that little kick and that bit of anticipation. Oh geez, he should be he was meant to be going fishing this weekend. I wonder how he's going, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's um no, it's 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 real good in that regard. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Um Right. Okay. So, hey, mate. Do you? Uh, I, I mean, I've been fishing with you a few times now, and um, and do you still own that little rocket, mate? That, that boat? boat. Yeah, mate. Yeah. She'll never leave. She'll yeah, that's never that's leave. that's me, Julie. Is it? That's right. Even even when I get this big bass boat, that little thing will still be my little creek basher because there's not many places I can't put that thing. Yeah. Right. Because I see you uh, doing a lot more land basing in boats lately. Well, yeah. Well, I guess that's the nature of time thing, isn't it? I don't have to come home and wash my feet. Yeah, <laughs> well, you should, right? Yeah, but, that's uh, right. That yeah. all, you know, and and the kayak, you know, the land base and the kayak, because it's they're in and out in a couple of minutes. It's not a hassle to, I can park them at school without it being a hassle. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think that's just a time thing more than anything. And you know, given this skinny creek bass stuff's what's biting at the moment and biting pretty good, you can do that without a boat, without too much hassle around here. Mm. But, you, but you've always done that, right? I mean, like as, as long sure. as I've known you, like you know, like you've, you For know, sure. you've been. Cruising that's around, my, um, that's my favorite yeah. thing to do. Yeah, like get, um, away, get away from humans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good call. I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. Valsi, what, what's your take on that, mate? Do you like humans? Uh, mostly. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple. You do. Yeah, hey? but yeah, largely I've got a lot of faith in humans. I'm a humanitarian, mate. You know that. <laughs> yeah, I do know that. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. quite strange. World Vision will be knocking on the door vaults. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for a different reason. It's because of his endangered, endangered pelt, right? Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> Can you stand in as a panda for us? <laughs> <laughs> I did hear some old bloody Chinese pants, pandas got a brain tumour at the moment. It popped up on Facebook the other day. China's talking to Taiwan because a panda's got a brain tumour. This co- this podcast has taken a dramatic turn. <laughs> what? Well, we were talking pelts and pandas, and I just thought yeah. it's a little tidbit the world ought to know. Are you tell? Yeah, right. Are you telling us that there's going to be some fly time materials available soon? Oh, mm. Geez, I'd like to get my hands on them. That's uh. <laughs> I investigated. I investigated grey jungle cock, but quickly got uh, told that I would get in trouble for having those. Oh uh, yeah, grey jungle or grey jungle fowl. It, That's is, right. It, yeah, is um. Is part of the CITES listed, so it's uh, I can't remember what CITES is an acronym for something, but basically implies that um, you can't have it, them. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it, you can't you can't trade in endangered animals without the certification, and it's uh, huge fines. And uh, I know some people have brought them in, but I'm telling you, man, customs at the moment are just because of the uh, foot and mouth in yeah. in, in, in Indonesia, mate. They are onto no. everything now. There's nothing no. that gets through without getting looked at now. It but, is it, see, like. Yeah. I was talking about tracking down some live ones. Oh, some live ones. Because I, get... I, I run in certain circles given my sort of, you know, chook <laughs> stuff. And there is, you know, their cousin's red jungle fowl. You can get here pretty readily. So I was like, well, shit, yep. if they're here, you never know you're like in a big city. So I 
put the question out, but yes, pretty well got that answer. No, you can buy. Worth asking. I believe you can buy eggs. Like, there's, I think there's a place in in in. um, Actually, we'll talk off air, mate. I know, (laughs) I know, I know. A friend of mine in Canada is is looking at setting a a very similar thing up and has got a source of um of eggs. You know, so it's um. I don't know if that's how you'd buy them, or you'd buy a breeding animal. But well, I'm sure I was just hoping to track some down that were here as adults and bloody propagate them. Away we go. No, is there some in Australia? No, that that was the answer I ended up finding. But I thought, oh, geez, I'd ask that question. Mate, you'd love yeah, to I... feed, wouldn't you, Jack? Pardon? You'd love to feed some jungle cock, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 we'll, we'll talk off here, Jack. All right. All right. <laughs> Sounds good, mate. <laughs> Doesn't involve buddy smugglers either. But, uh, <laughs> look at him go. Just self-entertaining on the jungle cock. Grow up, boss. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Yeah. It's a fly time podcast. We all know what he means. God. Yep. Correct. You know, we're not into the double entendres here on this show. Yeah. Very it's much not, well. Nothing better than a good double entendre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, anyway. um, Jack. <laughs> Sorry, mate. What's that? Sorry? I, said, I said anyway. Let me ask you this question, right? Let's change the whole pace. Yep. What's a what's a bucket list fishing destination for you? Jeez, oh, that's a tricky one. I'd, Good one, eh? I've thought of that. I stole there's, there's there's two that I'd be hard to so I'd love to do PNG for those big um not black bass, the spot tails. Yep. Mm-hmm. I just Up just a second that. volts didn't even correct me on that. I actually thought of that one. Right? <laughs> he's gonna let me just that way. Please continue, he's, gonna, Jack. he's gonna let you have it. Yeah, he's, yeah. yeah he's, so those yeah. big spot tails up in that sort of skinny mountain sort of stream water they get up in the hills in PNG there or um, peacocks, I reckon. Those yeah, Colombian right, okay. Pe- Colombian peacocks, I reckon, would be the other one. So if someone said to you, Jack, mate, you'll have to put your bass boat off for another year, but I can put you onto Lake Murray up in PNG and fulfil that bucket list, would you Would you consider it? Jeez, isn't that a – that's a big, dirty, bloody shit of a place they have to troll around to get them, isn't it? It's correct, and they're, they're not spot tails, they're black. Yeah, so I'd probably tell them to no. <laughs> that was a trick question. You answered it correctly. What about if I uh, sent you to New Britain? <laughs> New, New Britain, we'd be, we'd be starting to talk, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually didn't realise that about Lake Murray, but um, yeah, I've never been a, there. Well, neither, but I've watched enough to know that, yeah, it's a – well, they're obviously very bloody big and very bloody catchable, but I don't know that a fly rod's going to be particularly effective. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And for, well, for that kind of cash, you sort of want to be getting cracks at maybe more than one or two bites for your week, I'd reckon. Potentially, mate. I'm sure there's operators that can that can do better than that for you. But, um, but uh, you know, either way, um, my, my, my point and my question, I suppose, was, you know, if someone dangled that carrot in front of you to your ideal destination for it, whatever that yeah. may be, you know. Um, yeah, mate, mate you, you'd drop the hat and go, wouldn't you? For sure, I, I think if the if their life experience presented itself and it wasn't any guarantee of it being any any more of an opportunity past that particular point in time, you'd be mad not to. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah, peacocks sound pretty cool too. You've, you've oh. done peacocks, haven't you, Volts? Sort of uh, in the Miami canals. Um, yeah, you've done the little baby ones. Oh, yeah, okay. They're that species, um, monoculus, or yeah, I think it's the monoculus. Mon- doesn't get very big. Yeah. You didn't do them in the goose ponds, did you? <laughs> no, man. Faulty <laughs> <laughs> used to have some in a, in a I, don't know, I don't know. We can't. I, I, yeah, no, 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 I used to have some in a fish tank. Yeah, and, yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah, the boys in Mackay had the, the, in the tackle shop. They had some. They were fucking wild little critters. Yeah, but, 
But like you'd you'd walk past and poke your finger, and the little male one would just about explode through the glass trying to kill it. Mm-hmm. But but they little don't have a, they don't have in a fish tank anymore, and they've been found in natural waterways. Yeah, um, I'm not yeah. sure if we're meant to piece these things together or not. I think we've um, just solved a mystery. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. mate. The Intermediate line it just keeps coming out with these gems. You know, right now we're solving cases. We're we're exposing, uh, you know, exotic swimwear to the world, <laughs> and we've learnt that Lake Murray has no spot tail bass. Um, <laughs> You've yeah. learnt that anyway. Oh, I've learnt that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Jack. You think you're clever answering that question, mate? Well, this, this is gonna this is gonna throw the spanner in the works. Natives in Australia versus introduced species. Go. What are you calling an introduced species? A yeah. sooty grunter in the Mary or? Yes. Well, you tell me. You tell me. Um, yeah, look, I like going in there and catching big bloody bass. But are, we talking, are we talking the Mary? Well, if I'm talking Mary right now and we're talking soots, I mean, they're a good pastime because that river can be a, it can be diamonds or it can be absolute rocks. And yep. when, when it's rocks, those sooties are a good little day saver for sure because they keep your rod bent and there's plenty of them. But, mm. you know, for the most part, I generally prefer to catch the bass or, you know, you get the odd cod pop up and that and other mm. cool little critters, stray toga that are at least you know, closer to that neck of the woods being native. So natives, would say, would be my preference. Mm. Well, I, I can almost feel Volty like anticipating, like uh, pre-anticipating down, popping down up down there. Down the <laughs> No, no, with the toga in that, in that river, yeah. you know. They're... Um, yeah, we've had this discussion, me and Volts. I've talked about once in a millennia, floods could have linked them up, potentially. But I yeah. guess you could say the same thing with the Sooties. But at the end of the day, they're not endemic either. But, um, you know, I, I was sort of mo- thinking more south, mate. You know, carp, trout, yeah. sort of things. So, funnily enough, I think the next fishing I do will be trout fishing. I mm-hmm. uh, snuck down there, jeez, oh, just about Easter time, I reckon. And it's, um, I suppose it goes back to me not like and not being good at stuff i bloody stunk it up that day i tell you just couldn't cast a bloody 12 foot leader with two dinky little flies on the end and then i was dropping fish left right and center so we still caught a dozen odd good trout luckily i had a pretty good mate down there that's a very good trout fisherman and did most of the hard work but yeah i desperately want to go back and have another crack at those things that's for sure did you um, break down like a bit more what you think might have been the issue on the day? Like, I mean, did uh, you have did you have elbow leather elbow patches? No, I didn't. I didn't. Right. I um, I wore my usual attire, but um, no, I think it was <laughs> the biggest issue for me was transitioning from swinging big beefy deer hair flies on a five weight to so I've sort of got to generate some serious line speed to do that. Going to a little those tiny little size 14 and 16 flies that that fast line speed is the worst thing you could possibly do for a three pound leader mm. so it's just just slowing down you know and by the afternoon i'd worked it out and it was sweet but the day was done then and it was home time we spoke about that on, on something similar on the podcast a while i remember talking about when i learned to cast i lived in a place that i had you know a, a pretty decent amount of land that i just used to keep an eight weight uh, strung up on the on the on the deck, and uh, when I got home from work, I just grab a beer and I go out and cast in the paddock. Um, yep. And I had a Dalberg that I didn't know how to tie at the time. I bought it and I cut the hook off it, 
Uh, yeah. It was like a 5-0 Dahlberg or something. Because I got told that someone said to me, a company who was, said, if you can cast one of these, you can you cast, cast anything. anything. <laughs> so I, I worked at pinging that thing out. And I think I was getting it out to 80 feet, you know, roughly pretty pretty comfortably. Yeah. And um, and I thought, awesome, you know. But then the, the first time I went and fished a cloud, like a 1-0 clouser, yeah. t- tailing loops and fucking, yeah. you know, all this shit going on, you're doing the same thing. Like you you're, you get used to that muscle memory. But yeah. um yeah, so I can I can empathize with what you're saying there, Jack. But um but you know, I still think there's other things to look at. Like did you look at saltwater fly fishing as just a year a once a year destination when you were trout nah. fishing? Did you think that was the problem or no nah, no nah, shit no I um <laughs> I well probably is just about for me at the moment. But no no <laughs> I um look I've done one one sort of overseas dedicated saltwater fly trip, but for the most part it's the saltwater fly I've done is all accessible stuff for me here too. So I got more than well growing up had Morton Bay on the doorstep, so I mostly spent my time chasing snapper really. Yeah. On fly yeah. and sort of had them pretty well nutted out before we moved down here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean I fish salt with you. I know you've done a lot of saltwater fly fishing. I fish fresh with you too, you know, but um yeah. but um you know, you do are you definitely are leaning towards a lot of the uh freshwater stuff now. Yeah. Right. Well, I think it's got more to do with the fact that, you know, we're down here that you know well scenic rim just about mm-hmm. and um you know bass and carp and that are all between 20 and 40 minutes where i've got a an hour and 10 run up to the ramp at, at cleveland there to shoot out and go do the saltwater work i like you know so mm. it's just, it's a time thing you know young family want to get home at a decent time want to leave at a decent time all that sort of stuff is is dictating a lot of my fishing at the moment i mean you're very, you're very lucky to be able to have like i mean to have that sort of lifestyle and have that fishing close what what Incredibly. is your river? Um, well, the Albert's the closest, but it is. It's not a. It's a. It's a, a frustrating place. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing a lot of stuff in a few other little creeks I got around the place that shall remain unnamed, and that's fair. Doing yeah. pretty well. So. Yep. But that's taken. What have we been down here four or five years now? It's taken me those four or five years to sort of get these couple of little sweet spots nutted out. God, that's a good feeling, eh? Finding somewhere that you, you think no one else has seen and, and yep. catching fish. You know? That's right. That's certainly right. Yeah. How you going with access, mate? Have you have you had to make friends with landowners or you got I haven't had too many issues yet. A lot of them a lot of them I'll squeeze a kayak in and the ones I walk, they're not Yeah, they almost look like they're supposed to be state forest kind of deal. Like there's not a really house anywhere near them by any stretch that I would think is going to cause any grief or I'm, I'm not causing any grief. You know, they wouldn't know I'd been there once I've gone, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if it indeed is someone's place. Yeah, cool, man. Big yeah. advocate for, you know, leaving stuff exactly how you found it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough, mate. Well, I think you've dodged the question, natives versus introduced species, without offending a well, single person, look, mate. I have been yeah. eyeing off the wire along. The only, re- well, the only reason I haven't been chasing them is because that lake's been so frigging dirty since that last lot of rain, that first yeah. lot of rain. Sorry, mm-hmm. it just it just refuses to clear up. Like I've got to drive past it to go a lot of places, basically, yeah. and it, it is still chocolate. Wow. Yeah. And it's not had a big inflow for Jeez, at least six months since the yeah. last building had a big inflow and it is like it just refuses to clear up so that's the only real reason i haven't been carp fishing to be honest that place used to be gin clear didn't it like it's correct just, it was looked like a saltwater saltwater flats that place yep. with for carp fishing was incredible and then, it, and then it would fill up and it would just be full and gin clear yeah 
So I don't quite know what happened in this last lot of rain, but yeah, it just it just flat out refuses to come good. Yeah, wow, wow. I wonder if it washed a lot of sediment down and yeah. and you know carp doing what carp do. Yeah, I, I think. Well, no, it can't be the fish, mate. That's a big body of water. But yeah, then, absolutely. Um, I think you. Well, you're right because it had been dry for a long time, so there would have been a lot of loose sediment there too to wash and mm. for whatever reason it just doesn't want to settle well it'd be amazing if it stays like that that'd be uh disappointing a, a few people that's for sure there's um there's people around that don't have the um the variety of fishing that you do that um you know were making worry along a big part of their fishing identity you know that's yeah. for sure yeah no it um oh, look i'm sure it'll look you could go out there now and still catch catch them like we've done it mate and i've done it once once or twice now and you can get them when they're right up on them grass edges and you just sort of cast into little bits of grass that are wiggling and little bow waves and that kind of stuff but you get you know two or three fish for your four or five hours but that's a far cry from your your dozen fish that you're mm. picking off from 30 40 feet away on a sand flat kind of thing that we go out there for yeah it's yeah, that is cry. the appeal to wire along. It's a two-hour drive for me, and it's it's worth it for that reason. But if it's dirty and you're just catching yeah. carp for the sake of catching carp, it's not awesome. No way. So, yeah, like, it'd only be – it's not even 30, 35 minutes, really, for, for me. So it gets a flogging when it's fishing well, that's for sure. There's no doubt about it. Carp is – carp is some of the best sight fishing targets I've seen in my, you know, 20-plus years of fly fishing. I, I really enjoy them. I reckon they're great. I can totally recognise they're feral and they, they need to die, but um, but still they're um, they're great while they're there. Well, that's look. I know. I think I think if you're if you're footing the bill to shoot out to Christmas Island now that it's reopened, mm. they're the pretty accessible way to go and hone your skills before you get there. I totally agree. I, I think there's a lot of parallels. Yeah, so, you know, at the very least, you've got to see the bloody things. You've got to put a pretty delicate presentation out in front of them, and then you've got to watch for that little mouth to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I would say that um, those carp are probably ah uh, oh, nah they all have their good and bad. Both species are they they're easy and hard days, I guess. I won't say it. <laughs> I, I reckon you should, Chris. As far as far as my bone fishing goes, carp are a hell of a lot easier than bones. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I I would say there's there's days where you could flip that comment around. That's for have sure. you have you fished out of Taki yet? I have not. I've only been to I've only been to Bali, which is Christmas Island. You know? That's right. Well, see, I haven't done see. I've only done Atataki, and them things are another kettle of fish altogether. Tell us about what? that trip, Jack. I remember you gearing up for it on the forum. I never got a report. What happened? <laughs> yeah, because there wasn't anything to report. Oh, okay. yeah. um, no, it's it's a sweet place, mate. And look, if you're, a, well, what had I been fishing at that point for maybe eighteen months? Fly fishing, I guess. Yeah. And. You know, naively thought, well, we had, we had a lovely holiday, Rach and I, so we had a ball. So that, you know, that we still ticked that box. But in terms of catching a bone, you know, limited, limited shots. You know, we might have had, you know, maybe maybe a dozen fish that you could get a cast to in a day. And they're all, geez, some of them look bigger than long tails coming across the flat. They're mm. monstrous. But anyway, and they're in a lot of them, you know, you're, out, you're off the casting deck in a metre or two of water sometimes on a really deep flat trying to back cast in 15 to 20 knots. It was, oh, I just wasn't good enough really is all it come down to. Yeah. I had one one on a flat that we were wading in knee-deep water tailing that I, for the best cast I'd done the whole trip, come up tight and it was a frigging brassy trevally, wasn't it? 
<laughs> come That's in and snaffled it on the one really good cast I'd made the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I think I think going back now I'd do a better job, but at the time I just wasn't up to scratch. Hundred percent, you would, mate. That you, you, you've, you've, you've explained the problem right there was that you're 18 months in. That's yeah. um, that's I went to that's the hardest challenge. place in the world to catch a bonefish, arguably. Yeah, right. Or, I, 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 or New, New Cal, I suppose you could go, but not certainly didn't go to CXI to get me training wheels. That's for sure. Yeah, yep. Look, CXI, see, Christmas Island can be as challenging as you want to make it, but there's definitely um, there's definitely um, places you can go there to um, get your fix. That's for sure. Yeah. You know? But uh, it doesn't seem like those options are available in in other places, which probably makes Christmas Island, you know, a, a very very you know, uh, desirable place for a lot of people, you know, because uh, yeah. you know so, working hard, paying paying to work hard is something a lot of people don't really want to do. No, nah. and look, in our neck of the woods, it's at a price point where it's worth every cent because you can go and fill your boots if you want to, or you can go and work as hard for that bigger one or a trigger mm. or a G as you want to. You know, ticks a lot mm. of boxes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah, six, six, seven pound fish or eight, eight, nine pound fish on Christmas Island. If you want to go and chase them, they they can be, but you know you'll probably find that just as difficult as chasing that size fish yeah. anywhere else. And that's probably what's averaging at Achitaki, right? Yeah, I, I would say that's your, mm. you know, that's your average size fish that you're seeing is those bigger sort of class that you get at at Christmas Island. I would reckon. Yeah, yeah. And then some some of them fish, like talking to the fellow that guided us, Butch, he um. So we only fishes a nine weight. So that's all he's said to bring a nine, three hundred meters of back in, and he's lost a lot of that a number of times. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like yeah. That's, a, that's a serious fish to empty that much off a nine. That's a big bone, man. It's a yeah. really bone. Yeah. The human. The human. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, so anyway, I'll get back there one day and get that revenge, but should be a long time down the track, I reckon. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Well, I hope, I hope you do, mate. That's um, that sounds like it's uh, it will be pretty sweet to get that revenge for you, right? For sure. Yeah, for sure. Let me uh, let me go to a more philosophical point again, mate. And just um, you know what, you know, we we talked about this in the first ten minutes about the definition of this, but maybe maybe you know, like you might approach it from a different angle and ask you to describe what fly fishing is to you. Yep. So that was it. What is fly fishing to me? That's the question. It is a hell of a good way to spend the spare time that I get. Yeah. Um, really, look, you, you're going out. Well, the way I do it, I guess it's pretty obvious the places I like to go fishing are away from most people. And I take it, you know, one or two real good mates with me and you spend a couple of days, a couple of hours, whatever it is, cruising through the scrub, floating down a creek, catching fish. On flies that I tied all myself, you know, it yeah, it doesn't get better than that. It's pretty complete, isn't it? You know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's top to go. You know, you started at home doing all your tying and your planning and doing your mates up and sorting it out, and away you go. And especially when it all comes together, and you, you know, I've had days we've gone out with a mate, we've had double hook up on fifty centimetre bass in a pool no bigger than most people's lounge rooms at half past four in the morning. You know, mm. it's easy day doesn't get a whole lot worse after that. I'll tell you. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to whittle that down a little bit more, Jack. I mean, because I mean that could apply to, to conventional fishing or bait fishing as well. Oh, what certainly. you're describing there, you know. But um, well, you know, I, can, I think can if you, you want to whittle it down to me, it's it's the fly time part. Like, I just love doing stuff myself, and I love fishing. And obviously, you can't be fishing all the time, but I can be uh, sitting at home, mm-hmm. time flies, you know. Yeah. And it, so it's it's the holistic thing for you, right? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the fact that I can 
be engaged in it a whole lot more than I could possibly be engaged in conventional gear. Like, jeez, oh, there's so many leaders you could sit at home and tie in front of the TV, you know. Mm. There is that disconnect, isn't it, when you when you when you pull a, a preformed plastic uh, lure out of a of a pack. I mean, I still I still remember that feeling. I mean, I remember buying a lure, spending more than I'd like to on it, looking at it, going, "This thing will slay." And just having that sense of uh, unsureness, if you like, of um, or anxiety about snagging the thing up, yeah, you know, and all that sort of stuff. You, you sort of lose that a little bit, knowing that you can just go back and tie one, tie another one. That's although right. you still don't want to lose that fly, but there's a lot to line up with that holistic approach. There's the uh, being able to assemble materials on a hook to fool yep. a fish, being able to make that cast that you're saying that you had trouble doing at Achitaki. You know, um, and, you know, like, and also being confident in the gear that you're selecting and to have all that line up yeah. and then to, and then to, um, you know, fool a living animal to eat what That's you've right. and then you, you get the for the most bait. part, you get that hand-to-hand combat on the end of it too, unless, you, you know, unless we're chasing bar or some big line burner, you get that, yeah, you get that rip on the line through your hand, you know, it's not coming through a reel or something else, you've got to sit there and hold onto it as they're peeling line off. Yeah, I want and to go get, fishing now, this yeah, is awesome. 100%. <laughs> Very inspiring. Nothing day. better than driving home with line burns, going, holy shit, changing gears hurts. But anyway, <laughs> that's the price we pay for winning, isn't it? That's it, mate. It, that's exactly it. It's um that first time you go to st- st- stir your rum with your finger and you get that <laughs> yeah. burn, you know? Yeah, squeeze that bit of lemon into the bottom of Rachel's glass and, jeez, <laughs> you know all about it. Yeah. You'd get that too with your Rattlers when you vaults <laughs> <laughs> or your uh, alcoholic lemonades, right? Still singing fingers, your yeah. seltzers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't yeah. that that brand? It's called Tough Pelt Alcoholic Lemonade, yeah. Uh, tough, yeah, Tough Pelt Alcoholic Lemonade and, and yeah. gins, yeah. That's um, not a thing, is it? Surely, Tough Pelt, is it? No, it's it's a great idea, though. I'd like to see, I'd like to see Chris do a range of artificial fibers called Tough Pelt, you know. <laughs> I've got the Yowie fibers. I should make a range and just call them Volti fibers, right? And just the yeah, thickest, coarsest. That's Combine you know. them with Big Jim's Yowie pelt, you'd have a pretty fine artificial there. I <laughs> there we go, Big Jim. <laughs> Big Jim. Yeah. He yeah. really missed a real calling there, didn't he? Not calling his, his outfit Jim's flies, don't you reckon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got the look for He's got the beard. He could have his own silhouette, you know? He could have it all going on. He could have, mate. <laughs> And a, hell, and a hell of a bloke to boot, the big fella. Is How do you know him? Yeah. Uh, we work together. He's a school teacher too. Oh, is he a PE teacher? Do you guys get together yeah. and come up with like mischievous ways to torture kids? Oh, or each other. No, we, <laughs> had, we, had a, we had a good time working together before he got shipped. Well, his, his other half got shipped up, up north and he followed her. Oh, right. Yeah. So he's a southeast Queenslander, is he? Uh, Northern New South Welshman that ended up in south of Queensland and oh, kept on. going. Who's he go for in the uh, state of origin? Uh, he's a bit of a rugby union guy too, so I didn't care too much for it, but I did yeah. catch him wearing my own, so. Oh, well, he's all right. He's, he's all, all right. right. Yeah. 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 He's all right. He's all right. Yeah, we didn't spread much COVID either. <laughs> no. He wash his hands? That's the other yeah, yeah. thing. That's what he, does, he doesn't share, but he does wash his hands. Yeah. <laughs> We've got that natural face mask, I suppose, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah, well, that again. I mean, you didn't see much of Jim with his fishing in northern New South Wales. I guess that speaks a lot about the fishing up in uh, North Queensland because he's killing it. Yeah, no, he's um, yeah, he's doing a hell of a job. That's for sure. When when Couple someone, 
couple it's of them the, GTs early on in his career, they're going to be very hard to beat going down the track for him. Yeah, yeah. it's almost like osmosis angling, you know. Yeah, it's, um, it's um, yeah, moving through the the the, the membrane being north south north south Wales to Queensland from an area of less concentration to you know what I mean, but um, yeah. probably doesn't really work. Kind of missed a little bit there. Didn't quite oh, get there. Yeah, I think your point is there. Yeah, yeah. All right. I, I think for learned listeners, they'll understand where I was going, but I've run out of steam. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Jack, I'm going to bail Chris out here with a question. Yeah. Um, what are your, what would you rate as, uh, or who would you rate as your biggest sort of influences in fly fishing? Uh, well, I am going to be pissing in his pocket here, but in, because of his deer hair skills and the fact that that infatuated me so quickly early on, I think. Yeah. You know, the fact that I wanted to get those flies right and following Chris's works just had to – it led to – well, I, I already did the fishing that best suited those flies, and that was my favourite fishing. Yeah. So it just kind of went hand in hand then that – yeah, sort of – in terms of fly time, it, w- it would be Chris and then sort of Pat Cohen after that. But in terms oh, of mate, catch, that's, um, that's incredibly catch, humbling to hear, mate. Thank you. Yeah. It's, no, no. Catch well, it is because Jack ties a great fly, you know. Like it's, um, yeah, yeah. you know, but, but Caps and Fish has sort of tread my own path. You know, there wasn't sort of any any fishermen that yeah. did all of the fishing that I like to do. You know, people did part. You know, Nick Knight did a lot of the cod stuff, and there's blokes up north that do the bar stuff like Dolan, and there's you know uh, plenty of other blokes around that do the bass stuff, but no one sort of really did it all. Yeah. So sort of cut my own teeth up in that regard. But have you fished yeah. with Paul Dolan? Uh, no, I've met him at the pub a couple of times and fished sort of nearby him on the dams and that up there and had yeah. a good yarn back and forth plenty of times, but I haven't actually been out on a boat with PD yet. But we'll get there one day. How do you think the Dolphin's going to go next year? I'm sure he'll go all right. Yeah, yeah, right. Hey, um, the other thing... <laughs> it took me a second there. But, um, yeah. The Wayne Bennett joke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he hates him. Dolan fucking hates him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's that's good. I mean, as, I was a bit surprised by your answer. You know that Chris has been into it. But, um, uh, here's, here's a different sort of question: Who would you most like to go fishing with? Most like to go fishing. Oh, geez, yeah. I'll probably get a little bit sentimental on this one and say my old man. I reckon. Yeah. 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 He, you know, he, he, he's not here, but I'd kill to be able to go fishing with him again if I got to pick anyone. Yeah. Sure. Is it, would you say been, he was your greatest teacher? Or um, big, big, nah, big role nah. in your fishing? I was his biggest teacher, I think. Yeah. He, um, he's, well, yeah. he certainly got us into fishing as, as young kids, you know, soaking yabbies and yeah. pumping yabbies and all that kind of stuff. But then, in the, you know, as I got older and got stuck into chucking lures and that, dragged him along with us. And, mm. you know, by the end there, he was, he was going on holidays with mum and catching his own flathead on little divers and all that sort of stuff. So, mm. Nah, nah, he was, yeah, that's where I'd go with that if I got the choice. Yeah, really. If I, um, if I got to go down the, you know, fisherman kind of path, I'd probably like to go with one of those barra guys like Karim or um, Griffo, I reckon, and just, just pick apart the way they go about finding those fish so that then I could come and try and do that on a fly rod, I reckon. Yeah, mm. yeah that's an interesting thing there. Their mindset and their methodologies yeah. seem to work across, like, you know, every bit of barrel water from central and right up to the top, you know. Yeah, you know, like they've obviously just got their system so down pat, like I'd kill just to have half of that in my brain. I think that would make me three times the, the fisherman I am, you know. I, I mm. think you'd be surprised at how much yards those dudes put in oh, without you knowing it. Enormous. You, know? it, it, you, you uh, don't like get I to think, that level without 
thousands of hours sitting on the water looking at sounders and catching fish. Ab- absolutely not. You know, you just like don't. It's, yeah, and it's um, it, yeah, like a it's a, it's an iceberg effect, really, from what yeah. from what you see to what they're putting in. Yeah, hundred you know? percent. Yeah, those guys. Uh, I heard a I heard a, a a saying about um, high performance athletes the other week. I don't know if it was off a movie or something. I just saw it on an Instagram story, but it was an interesting quote in that something. I think it was. I'm gonna probably probably butcher, it, but hopefully we we'll get there. But it was something along the lines of um, uh, winners practice and wonder if they've put the enough work in. Um, and and something I didn't think. I think they said losers, but like pe- people who don't do well. Uh, practice and and or don't practice because they think they're late i don't know but anyway I those think you're guys, looking for good people practice till they get it right elite people practice till they can't get it wrong that might be it <laughs> jack yeah yeah it was some of those lines but it was yeah. it, i think that might be it jack I, I, I i'm 99 sure but like that's what those guys are like you know like yeah. they'll 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 steal whatever time they can to get on the water and um and and interact with the other other anglers as well, you know. Like yeah. I, I know I know for a fact that Griffo is quite a, um, like uh, he's quite, he's quite good at networking and um and talking to the other anglers and, and learning yeah. from other people and stuff like that. I don't don't really know Krim at all, but um I'm sure that um he's probably the same. Yeah. But um yeah, mate, it's uh yeah you're right. Those guys are are the top of the game. That would be a good boat to be a fly on the wall on for sure. For sure, yeah. Just sit and sit and watch. I reckon I'd be more than happy. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Absolutely, mate. Mm. Uh, um, mate, you, you, look, I, I want to talk to you about your chooks, you know, because yeah. um, and and you mentioned your, your dad. Is is that how you got into doing that stuff? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Was sort of born born into that. And Tell he, us a bit uh, about that. Well, so he, he breeds and breeds and what well, bred and, and showed them all. So like the Ecker and that, and all the sort of local ag shows and club shows, and got dragged around doing that as a young fella and. Obviously, teenage years went away from it, but yeah, once he sort of passed, I'd inherited them and couldn't let him go. And here we are, you know, I've got a yard full of yard full of them, and geez, they just go hand in hand with time flies, don't they? <laughs> they do, mate. They do, and it's um, it's I guess it ties into that um, that holistic approach, right? You know, is yeah, that a big absolutely. a big part of it for you? Absolutely. Well, what? Like, yeah, you were only dying saddles up for me the other day that I'd sort of killed and tanned and. Yep. Put away, like just to be able to have some more of my own feathers going out in my work is um yeah, it, it's 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 special and well, I suppose a point of difference too, I suppose. There's not too many other fly ties that are putting their own fowls in their flies, that's for sure. Yeah. No, you're right. It's um and and like you you know, when when asked about what fly fishing meant for you, you know, we we, we um you know, we came to the conclusion that, you know, that holistic approach is what appeals to you the most. Yeah. You know, it's I mean are you are you breeding chooks? Oh, you're breeding chooks, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I've got five hey. or six different breeds and different colours here that I breed and show and all that yep. sort of stuff. Do you incubate your own eggs, mate? Uh, I, I do have a couple of incubators, but I do try and avoid it because it's a pain in the ass. Because then I've got to look after the chickens. Okay. Yeah. Whereas if so, I let a if I let another hen sort of sit on them and hatch them, then I don't have to do anything but keep them fed and watered. Yeah. Yep. Right. Do you have any pullets? Yeah, that's a female under twelve months old. I've got plenty of them. <laughs> okay. Jack, tell us tell us about the showing chooks process. What how what's involved mm-hmm. with that? Is it is uh, it pretty is it pretty involved? Is it highly competitive? Um it's mate, it's the same as fishing. Ten percent win ninety percent of the time. Right. For sure. And why? Got, 
the same reason the best fishermen are mate they pay the most attention they learn the most they pay they spend the most time doing it it's all those little things you know it's just a it's a 12-month process to so I've, I've got just about all my chickens that i'll show in august june july next year hats and on the ground now and i'm already doing various things that i know will lead to a good outcome in 12 months time mm. how do you groom them mate like is there I, I, I breed fowls. I don't have to groom. <laughs> okay. yeah. But, um, you know, there's people that have got white ones and all those big fluffy stupid-looking things that have to put them in the laundry sink and wash them and bloody dye them back white and all this sort of shit. But, no, I'm not that high-maintenance, that's for sure. Is there, like, um, you know, certain diets or access to, you know, vitamin D or something like that that helps? Yeah, all, all the above, all the yeah. above. So, so yeah. I got some big soft feather, which is what most sort of people would see when they think of chooks. And then there's hard feather and old, like the big old English game, which are the old fighting cocks out of England, basically. Yeah. They um, feed them very, very differently to one another because yep. those those game fowl have got to be fit and hard and active, obviously, because of what they were mm-hmm. bred to used to do. They still got to represent that. So, yeah, feed them how- and feed and keep them very differently to the big soft feather ones. That's for sure. How do you keep a rooster fit? Um. Put them on, so all your pens have got to have sort of a perch room to fly up and down on, right, to get yep. off the ground. To keep them fit, all those big hard feather, I have a perch that's sort of head height for me as opposed to knee height for all the other fowls. Yep. So they've got, to, they've got to fly to get mm-hmm. up and down. And then you sort of keep them on like a, lots of straw on the ground or hay and that on the ground so they're not walking on hard ground. They've got to work to walk. Mm-hmm. And all their feed goes on the floor, so they've got to scratch around and find it all. Mm-hmm. So just that. Just that activity, you know, keeping them active more yep. than they're sitting down. So with the the feed on the floor, do you have a? Does that bring a, a few rodents in? And nah, because you don't feed them enough that it's still sitting there after you know an hour or so. What they eat in an hour and is all they need for the day. Mm. So yeah. after after a couple of years of keeping them, you sort of work out what everything needs to be kept in its best shape. A special diet for them, mate. No, I just use just a. I got a mate of mine that his little sort of side business is delivering feed, and I just use his feed because he drops it off to me door, and it's it's good tucker for him. So that's all. I don't have to go looking then. Have you looked into um the geneticist geneticist side of things for fly tying as a fly fly tire a fly fisherman? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I know that we've discussed this before, and I and I know you've given me some short answers with it, um, but uh, (laughs) um. But uh, you know, like it's from my understanding of when I've when I've um when I've spoken to the guys where I get my sales from overseas and stuff, like yeah. they you know, they'll they'll um they'll get multiple generations in a year, you know, which is yeah. very quick, you know, like yeah. to to breed into a certain type. Like you 100%. know, there's there's chatter, like, you know, you can be like I'm I'm after more of a uh, a tan bar and a grizzly, you know, under white, yeah. you know, and that they'll they'll breed their way to get to it. Yeah. I wouldn't I mean, I've never got the ins and outs of it because you know, I don't have that relationship with them. But um, my understanding of that would be that there'd be a lot of um, variance that it would uh, it would take a lot to be able to get to that point. It's not as easy as just sort of you no. know, heading in that direction, right? No, no. Like some colours you'd get pretty quick, but some colours you're right, you would take a long time to get to. And even when you got there, you put two of the same colour together and you're probably not going to get that colour. You're mm. probably going to take, 10 years of working with just that colour to get them to breed true to that colour. Like yeah. be, and they'd be keeping everything under light so they're laying all year round to get those couple of generations in a year. And Yeah, mate, it'd be, it'd be a huge effort. 
Though, look, if, I, um, if I if I was time flies that needed that sort of stuff, I'd probably dedicate a few more pens to playing with it. But yeah, the stuff I've got is perfect for the flies that I tie. So my yeah. sole, sole job here is well, the main reason they're fairly here is for me to show them and sort of stay involved in that world. And the fly time just happens to come really nicely secondly with the fishing that I do and the flies I tie. Do you butcher birds for flies for for feathers? Yeah, 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 hundred percent. I've, yeah. um, I've got a lot that I just go down and pluck them off as I need them, but then obviously <laughs> I can only keep so many roosters. Like, yeah. you know, I yeah. might breed a dozen roosters of a particular breed and I might only ha keep the best one or two. So the next best three or four will get sold. And then what's left after that, often I'll, um, yeah, kill them and skin them and tan them. Do you, um, are roosters, you can't, can you keep roosters together? I wouldn't imagine you could, right? Uh, well, no, you could. If you wanted to show them, you couldn't because they'll all be their feathers will all be busted and broken and they'll be scarred up and they'll be no good so but if you just wanted to keep them for fly tying you could oh right okay because i like some of the, one of the breeders i talked to in the states you know like um you know when in a few times i do get in a conversation with them talk about like you know carpet lined you know like they're keeping the the, yeah. the pens like a like a lounge room you know like yeah. they're, they're vacuuming it every day you know they yeah. if they let the feathers drag on the ground they get busted tips you know and yep and when, like they're, that. when they're charging what they do for those, you know, genetic dry fly bloody saddles, they would have to do that because otherwise they would be ruined. But like those, we've got a few long tail breeds here in Australia that they, the people that show them to a high level, they have to do pretty much that mm -hmm. to keep them in nick. Like it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would, well, I don't even talk nightmare. to them. I'm not talking to anyone like whiting or anything like that, like not big farms. Or these are these are small producers, but yeah. the, the effort that they've got to go to is is yep. is crazy. I mean the the Huge. the money they charge for for you know for me for wholesale and that enables me to keep prices down. Like it's it doesn't seem worth it for them. You, you know, want, like it's yeah. You wonder how they're making a quid out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think um, you know, they've got to make money out of everything. You know, like uh, they've got to sell the meat. You know, yeah. uh, after that yeah, as well. Yeah, you know? that have to be cashing in. Yeah, that's that yeah. make more sense than just the just the saddles. So look, you probably cost you twenty or thirty bucks just to get a chook to a point that you could kill it and process it. Yeah, yep. You know, for every one. Yeah. So if you're only getting forty odd bucks a, a saddle and you've got to go through the work of skinning it and tanning it, there's another two or three hours work by the time you've done that from top to bottom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's the uh, tanning process for you? Um, once pretty bloody rudimentary mm. it, um, and look this humidity this year made it an absolute nightmare as you saw when you dyed them up they were very greasy though subtle still yeah I, but, I um, like that I think that's good to have in there because that, that naturally exists it's like a conditioner for the yeah. for feathers and hair you know but, but I've, got, um, I've got another one I did here in a really dry year mm. and it's like um, it's, it's the skin's almost like it's obviously not as soft because it's not as thick but it's as supple and soft and dry as a Zonka strip Oh, wow. Okay. Like, it, it is spec – and that was the first one I ever did, and it's spectacular. So that was sort of my benchmark, and <laughs> it's all gone back from there. Yeah, okay. Because a lot of the avian hides that come in, uh, you know, with customs, with import permits and stuff like that, like, they don't, they don't um, classify them as, as tanned, you know? No, they're like, not. They're like a cured almost. Yeah, yeah, they're cured like a salami, you know? Like yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah, certainly. They're still considered raw hide, you know? So yeah. You know, but you can, um, you know, with borax and stuff like that, it's considered a, a light form of pickling. Uh, yeah. Is it pickling? Oh, it might be pickling. I don't know. But, yeah, I'm just interested to, to see where there's definitely, there's, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just, it, I'm just salt and borax and scrape is all I do basically for layer yeah. it up with salt for the first sort of two weeks and then scrape it off and reload it every day or two. 
Yep. And after two weeks, sort of once it stops being really wet, I'll just cover it in borax, chuck it in a dry box and leave it there, basically. Yeah. Well, but whatever you're doing, mate, like the, I get saddles come through from, you know, like, um, you know, also, you know, a couple of different suppliers, you know, who are doing that as they're living and they'll still get the equivalent of hair slip, you know, like you'll get bulk feathers fall out and stuff like that. But um, so, you know, whatever, none of your feathers fell out. They were good. Nah. They, nah, they barely, yeah, barely shrunk. Solid. Yeah. Yep, they were good. Yeah, no. That's they the only thing with that, it shrinks a lot. Yeah, they do the job perfectly. And yeah, it's what's handy not having to walk down the shed when I need them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for the people at home, mate, um, does, um, does chook meat that comes from a farm like that, is it as white as the stuff you get in the shops? Nah, it's it's much yellower and a hell of a lot tougher. It's, uh, <laughs> it's either sliced up, diced up real small and made into tacos or slow cooked. Yep, yep. Yeah. What's the best way to cook a bum nut? Fuck, however you like them. Poached. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poached or scrambled. <laughs> what do you, what do you, you got a, a special way of eating them? Are you, uh, you know, get out before fishing and dragging your kayak and having six raw and a couple of rocky or nothing, do you? <laughs> nah, it's too much admin, mate. Ice coffee in the car and away we go. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well, you know, I think that's, uh, I think that's probably going to satisfy a lot of curiosity for a lot of people, mate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah no, our, our dogs get a few eggs too because I get more than two, more than we could eat, more than a family could eat. That's for sure. Yeah, sure. mate. Tell us about. Uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but um, some of your fly life articles because you've you've done one on feathers, right? As well. Uh, I did one that sort of gave. I did sort of a rundown of how I got to that point of having the feathers and where you know the fact that I like doing it all myself and all that. That's sort of the first one I wrote, basically. Mm-hmm. But to make it. Uh, I suppose magazine worthy. I sort of said little challenge of I tie two flies with pretty much just feathers and end up being a bit of bucktail too, and catch a cod on a sinking fly and a bass on a on a floating fly, surface fly basically. So mm. and went and went away and did that and yeah, wrote about it and that came up pretty cool. I like that mm. one. <coughs> yep. What else have you done? Uh, what else have you done? I've done sort of Morton Bay snapper and brim, which would be right up your alley, mate. Flats brim. <laughs> but, uh, well, the the easy flat sprim, not the hard flat sprim. Yeah, there's no such thing as an easy flat sprim. Oh, when you get the right flat, mate, that's got them set up and smoking bait in eight ten inches of water, and you just got to throw a clouser and rip it through them. They're pretty easy. Oh, that does sound pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so yeah, you got that and, and snapper, and what else have we done? Jungle perch. Jungle perch. Another bass one. There's a carp one in there. Yeah, I, think that, I think that's it. Five, five now, I think, working on six and seven in the pipes at the moment. Hardest mm. part's getting getting photographs, really. Yeah. You sort of know what you want to say and you know that it's all legit, but then you've just got to find time to go and get get the fish photos, really. Yeah. I'm, Is that I'm how you sort of, construct your articles? Article first, photos later? Um, depends what I'm doing. Some, oh, look, I go, in, go into everything with a plan and I say, mm-hmm. look, I want, I want it to go this way. This is where I'm going with it. And then you go fishing and you get all your photos and, you know, the fishing trip might go a little bit differently and that's worth writing about on its own, you know, so you, you tweak it from there. Yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. yeah. But, you, yeah, you got to, if you went in without a plan, mate, you wouldn't end up with anything. So you've got to have something going in, that's for sure. Mm. Yeah. Well, mm. that's the, I guess that comes down to the seven Ps, right? Piss poor preparation provides piss poor performance. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Look, some days you get lucky. I've had that jungle perch day and one of those bass 
that bass one. I got, I got lucky, and we got all them photos in a day, which is very unusual. But you know, sometimes mm. you just get lucky, and you have one of those days, and it all comes together. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But other ones, you know, other ones have taken me six months to get the photos together for. Mm. I understand. Yeah. Well, no, it's good. It's another one of those things, you know. You, it's not hard to write about something you love doing. So it's just a nice thing to do on the side, and then you get that, you know, that red hot magazine that files I've put together to sit and look at your look at your work and look at your photos in front of you, and yeah, super cool. And to be able to show the kids that once they're big enough to read, that'll be pretty special too, you know. Yeah, yeah. information locked in, mate. It's good. Yeah, that's right. Hey, Jack, um, here's a question for you. Where uh, you know, obviously, you you enjoyed contributing to Fly Life. Yep. When you're starting out fly fishing, um, what sort of information and resources did you find most useful? Time on the water. <laughs> mm-hmm. But outside of that, yeah, Google and, and, and people, really. Like the, mm-hmm. you, you get you get so much from Google, but you get a hell of a lot more by talking to people. Yep. You know, and like like I said early on, I was yeah, struggling to cast, so I got a hold of Chris and that's how we touched base. I said I can cast yeah. me eight weight, but I can't cast a six weight. Was that the first time we went fishing? Was, I reckon uh, that would have been. And I was yeah, like, right, I okay. can't cast a six weight. What am I doing? So we, you know, went from there and yeah. the learning starts and, you know, you meet other other people. And, dude, I've been pretty lucky through social media and that. I've made some of my best mates that way through talking to people and picking yeah. brains about flies and that and fishing and all that sort of stuff. So creating, talk, creating talking your- to people is, is the best thing you can do. Yeah, I, I agree, mate. Yeah, I was going to make the point. Creating a good network or, yeah, or tapping 100%. into it is yeah, it's it's invaluable. Can yeah. uh, can save you time. Uh, oh, you don't big get time. after you know you you make it a lot more successful. And um, you know, look back on my fly fishing journey. I, I think it's some of the networks that I was. Um, and, and it sounds cold describing them as a network, but you know that that's just a label to give it, it to you. Mate. It's a word, isn't it? You got to give yeah. it something. Yeah, and you know. Um, certainly sped up the the um uh the learning process and and um and you know prevented a bit of failure and it'd be so easy to drop out with if you didn't have the right network you know absolutely absolutely yeah. and especially you know fly fishing we like to go and catch new things or things we don't get to catch all the time you know having those mates up and down up and down yeah. the coast and across the country it is it's it's the best asset you could ever have because you know you can go on a trip and you can at least get an up-to-date idea of what's going on before you get there. Mm. You know, it certainly a, narrows your search. Here's a question, mate, and, and and if it comes across as classist, you know, to, <laughs> uh, do you think that you know fly fishermen generally are more likely to form networks, or are they uh, compared to you know that sort of thing? Are they friendlier? Are they different types of people? Uh, I don't, I don't, not in my experience, mate, but that might say more about me and the people that I run with than anything else, I think. Yeah. I tend to be reasonably discerning with who I spend my time and my energy with and most, I, I haven't met, I haven't come across a bad one yet, so, spent, yeah. you know, conventional or fly fishermen, so, yeah, well, the good I would, thing I would you, say Jack. if you choose wisely, you, you'll always be right. The good <laughs> thing for you, Jack, is that I've seen you in your social media pages uh, proudly wearing VB footy shorts. I mean, that's going to really start to. You know, I'm drinking a VB stubby as we speak. Yeah, see, this is what I mean. <laughs> this is this is the good thing about social media, and, and you could almost call that follow the beef because you know exactly 
Well, with your sluggo photo, you could almost see the beef without following exactly. it, you know, but I mean, like, it's, um, <laughs> but you kind of know what you're getting, mate, when the guy you're yeah. approaching is wearing VB footy shorts, right? You know? Well, and look, that's, I'm pretty comfortable with who I am, and that's exactly what I, you know, try and put out on there is you, you, you know who you're talking to. There's no sort of secrets going on here. That's awesome, Jack. What you see is exactly what you're going to get. Yeah. There's plenty and of that, snakes I in the grass, mate. That's right, sure. and that comes back to giving credit where credit's due to people who created flies. You know, I'm not sitting here saying I invented all of this shit. I've just worked out a tie reasonably well, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yep. it's just being, you know, being honest and upfront with everyone. It goes a long way in life, I tell you. That's it, mate. And we've said this for sure on the show before, like giving giving credit to other fly ties is a real alpha move, you know? There's nothing, there's nothing more ugly and deceptive of trying to like uh, pass off someone else's pattern that you know you might not even know what you don't know there's a lot of people who realize where it's come from you know? exactly yeah you know, and so that yeah yeah that's right that's right yep so yeah mate it's all about being confident in your own skin mate and um yep. yeah yep i agree well jack um Although, you know, like uh, we've been we've been chewing you off for a little while now, mate. It's still a long podcast, mate. So we might <laughs> I think we might wrap this up, mate. Are you are you time flies right now? Uh, I think I'm done for the night. I've got three or four knocked over in that time. I think that'll do me. All right. Well that's uh that's a pretty stellar effort, mate. That's for sure. So all right, well you uh how about you choke that that, that V B down and um we'll uh we'll let you get back to doing what you're doing and um, we'll run with the outro shortly. Happy days, gents. Thanks for right. uh, thanks for having a yarn. It was a pleasure. Thanks for making the time, Jack. Really, really appreciate it, mate. No yeah, worries at all. Jack. It's been it's been fun. Thanks for the chat, dude. No worries. Anytime. See you. Yeah, yeah, alone. You put me onto that too. Have you watched it? Yeah, I watched a bit of it. Eh? Um, there was one where this guy, I think it was Series Eight, and he, um, this cougar came and visited him in his. Um, it was, I think it was very early on, but uh, yeah, mountain lion came and pay, paid He's him just, a visit. That's um, like, yeah, I know who you mean. That's yeah, yeah, that's um, and he, yeah, he uh, he tried to chase it and it bailed away. He tried to try to try to um hunt it down with a bow and arrow to eat it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he, he actually won the series, spoiler alert. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah, no need to watch it now. Anyway, uh, <laughs> thanks for coming, joining back and not hanging up the podcast. If I could make words work, things would be good and stuff. That uh-huh. was a terrible fucking intro to the outro. Yeah. We'll run with it. Let's not edit that. Yeah, run with it, man. Run with it. It's all about humility, just putting up with our mistakes, our humanity in all its facets. It's either about humility or the limit of our ability. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, great show with Jack. Thoroughly enjoyed having him on. Jack is a uh, is a um, is a school teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And probably a bloody good one too, eh? Probably is, mate. Probably is. Yeah. I I mean, after listening to him for an hour and a half, um, I'm surprised that my brain threw that out as a way to describe Jack. School teacher. 
That's what Jack he does. Yeah. is a school teacher. I could have said Jack is a good dude and a great angler and a good fly tire, but I chose school teacher. Yeah. But all of the above apply. Yeah. yeah. But this is what the fast sinking line is about, right? Yeah, the fast sinking line. The type six outro. <laughs> That's it. Fucking going down fast to the depths. Yeah. <laughs> so in the intro, we alluded to some uh, listener feedback, right? Do you remember this? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. So, look, I'm not going to insult you by reading out some of the messages I've got. Um, <laughs> but let me just put them into a bit of a gist for you, right? Okay. Now, okay. a lot of people have been enjoying your content uh, on regards to your Sunday's trip, I think a lot of people are angry because they've been fooled for the blue drum and they're lashing out. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. yeah. And look, you know, if, if Volsi hurt your feelings about putting that post up there and alluding to it being a desirable fish when in fact it turned out to be a blue detergent drum whilst you guys are making comments about what a great fish and what a great flats fishery and all this sort of stuff. Well, you know, you got to, you need to learn to laugh at yourself for stars, and yeah. don't take it out on my mate Volts. Yeah, laugh at yourselves because we we had to laugh at ourselves. We spent a good period of time stalking that blue drum, figuring out which <laughs> way and if it was going to eat. I think I think Kyle might even tra- change flies. I, I just can't remember. <laughs> it was just this moment awesome. where yeah, where we just realised this wasn't you know, but you know, that was the only, was the only bit of you know, benthic fucking pollution we found up there, you know, and it's just a bright blue drum in the middle of nowhere. And this, this wasn't like a close in flat. This was like, you know, uh, an offshore uh, flat. It took a lot of effort to get to. Um, I think the technical term is it was a long way away. It's a long way away, mate. It's probably just some lazy yachties just, t- you know, throwing something overboard. But oh, that's that's where it belongs. You or know, asshole. Yeah. Or a mischievous angler who knew full well that an uh, angler like Kyle may have may have made many great presentations and even changed flies for the <laughs> blue drum. <laughs> it did. We did sort of joke about perhaps you know cutting out some blue, um, you know, some blue tusky, uh, you know, type um, outlines and going and planting them on flats. Um, yeah, we spoke about that last show too. Yeah, yeah. It'd yeah. be. You just wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to. Well, you know. You'd, you'd want to be there when somebody was having a cast. In fact, you'd take your mate there, wouldn't you? You know, you'd, oh, you'd, go, you'd come on, be, I think there's one up there, mate, you know. And, it'd be yeah. the ultimate to guide him onto it, right? You know, oh, wouldn't it? Yeah. making yourself out to be like this mega guy. Like, mate, there's a flat round here. There's a huge tusk that's always there. Now it sits in the tide and sits still. It feels like it's not moving, but we just got to approach it from upstream, swing our <laughs> flying under it. We need to know our sink rate. And we just change flies a few times before we figure out what's going on. I guess it um, comes down to um, a little bit of entertainment and how much time you're willing to waste during the day. But wouldn't it be gold? It would, mate. And it'd just be it'd, the only bummer about it would be the effort it'd take and the fact that you're giving up some of the prime tide, you know, to, to prank your mate. And the longer it goes, the funnier it is. So, well, you could you could pick a time that's not tide, um, prime tide and be like, you know what, let's fish this tide because it's perfect. But I've got another spot. When it's not perfect, that works, and I'll take you there. <laughs> <laughs> you don't believe me? Wait till you see it, and then you can be sitting a bit around. You'd be like, "We just got to sit here, and now we can see it. Just got to be careful, get it used to the boat because it'll know we're there." You could completely Albie Mangles the whole thing. It'd be fun as. 
He'll be mad. What a hell of a... <laughs> yeah. Hell of a bike. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I apologise to the people. Actually, no, I don't. I, just, you can, I can just to sympathise with you guys. Don't be Yeah. Okay, yeah. so getting to the crux um, of the um, of uh, of it, Vaults, there's been some um, murmurs, you know, in regards to... Um, uh, how do I put it? A certain amount of photographic style, right? Um, I've had questions like, um, you know, is it is it essential to wipe the salt off the lens with a fish when uh, when taking a photo in salt water? Uh, yeah. I've had people ask, you know, um, is it is it a white balance thing to um, to to you know to hold that fish so close? You know, a, a range of questions that you know, are quite frankly, mean. And um, and I don't yeah. agree with mate. Yeah, yeah, I had one too. You said, uh, "Are your hands really that big? Um, how do you pick your nose? How do you wipe your bum? You know." Well, Just they're practical questions, but yeah, I feel like the the the, the question isn't actually directed at you know life with big hands. <laughs> well, yeah, these people are suffering from from some things, and you know, to I, I, to my defence, um, you know, I don't actually care what people think i take these photos well I, I don't take these photos my mate takes these photos of them um so he's he's in control of them but you know i'd, I'd rather i i don't want to remember me i want to remember the fish if i want to look at me i'll just go look in a mirror mm. and, and somebody once said these sort of comments they uh they come from a place of uh one of two places a place of uh, closet hatred mm. um and the other one is uh place of uh closet man love so Mm. you know (laughs) so these people um i would encourage them uh you know life's beautiful uh outside mate get out of that closet um you know hate me to my face or Mm. yeah you know the other alternative i'm not interested yeah so yeah sorry you're right mate continue no no i'm just saying you know so just for these people their own sake get out of the closet you know yeah it's not it's not too bad you know just i won't i won't life's uh, good. yeah life's good um uh, you know I, I won't hold it against you that you know the the hate thing it comes from a place of envy we all wish you know we, we were out mm. fishing or something like that mm. um you know and and maybe maybe that time you do catch a fish you you want to remember it the fish rather than the, the dude holding it so anyway yeah. Yeah, I did find myself in a position like an all too common position. I find myself in regularly um, on a day to day basis. In that I am finding myself, you know, uh, justifying your actions, right? And um, and uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. I mean, we we do we do it for each other. I get it. You know, like there's a lot of people that are, um, you know, that probably um, find it hard to stand without that spine that can't approach us directly. You know. and um, we get that, you know, that's, that's fine. Live your life, you do you. Uh, live life, love, you know, all that. But um, yeah. I found myself explaining the same thing you did in regards to, um, you know, putting the feature there being the fish, the focus on the fish rather than the angler. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to wit, my, uh, my counterpart re- uh, replied back, that's great. How do you explain the duck face then? <laughs> that's a very good question. Yeah. So, yeah. To to your friend. Um, yeah. Look, uh, I also have friends who, you know, um, how do I put this? Maybe in a religious sense, when they smile, uh, God cries. You know, they've got a, 
they've got a face full of, you know, uh, you know, pegs um, that they call teeth, like a tuskish. Right. Yeah, and and you know, in fact, I've got you know more than more than uh, two mates, uh, two I'm, I've you know talked to and fish with. Um, you know, uh, let's just say they, um, if we had an amazing similarity contest, they would probably lose to a um, uh, seven pin flat trailer plug. Right. So you know, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I uh, I'm lucky. I haven't, I haven't had my teeth removed properly yet professionally or amateurish but um yeah i, I just i don't know I had so, you, so you yeah. got a perfect smile are you saying oh, no i don't have a perfect smile i just you got a great set of great set of pearls though right is that what you're saying <laughs> no i just i just don't want to you know i just don't want the people who, who look like a trailer plug to, to hey, are back. you embarrassed about smiling is that what, i'm trying to pick up what you're putting down here are you saying because you did mention a lot of other people there, but I mean the the focus matter is yourself, and you know, um, you're saying that consciously you're just deciding not to smile, and uh, going for the conscious decision to pout your lips out like an Instagram spot. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, I don't pout, mate. I just um, <laughs> trying to hold that deal away. Yeah, I yeah. don't do, do duck lips. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, because we've got there is access to your Instagram account. You realise that before you mm. say anything further. Yeah, I don't think there's duck lips there, though, man. Okay, no, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, to those people that are being nasty and mean, I want to just say, leave Volts alone. <laughs> leave him alone. You know, like, he's had a hard time. Uh, you know, like, uh, you know, like it must be terrible to look at those great photos of your mate and then look back at... <laughs> well, see, that's that's not very nice, mate, you know. It's, um, yeah. But you do take a great photo of, of, of Kyle, right? <laughs> I'm not going to say that, mate. I, I work. Kyle's easy to take a photo of. He's sort of photogenic. You know, sort of, yeah, photogenic, compact. He, you know, he compact. Looks like, he looks like a, you know, a, a cross between uh, uh, a, a young George Michael and um, and you know uh, a, an old Ron Jeremy. You know? <laughs> 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 what a mixture. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. a mixture. I, when I think of that, I think of, wham, wake me up before you go, go. Right yeah. there, that type of person. <laughs> wham. Well, yeah. mate, it's been an interesting week. Um, last week we mentioned, uh, you know, like potentially you could have a bit of fun if you get bored and head over to my stories and, and have a word to some of the, um, the wonderful jet skiers that have put comments on my story. I ended up having to delete it. It got yeah. it got way, way out of hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, What's the, that? That guy with uh, with zero posts and and no followers was that was all of them. Oddly, they were, yeah. Yeah, they were either they were either all the <laughs> all the people with the um the pro jet skier comments were either people that um with no, like, private pages or um or no no posts but following a heap of like um chicks, you know, essentially <laughs> Instagram models. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a bit yeah. awkward that one, wasn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah, it was getting it was getting a bit much. It was it was it was pretty fun. Um, some of them couldn't take a joke, and um, but it became a bit distracting, you know. Uh, so yeah. I had to let it go. So you missed out, people. Apologise. Were you getting any PMs from these guys or not? Mate? No, it was never PMs. You know? That was that was the odd thing. You know, I never got I never got a PM from any of them. It was all public comments. You know, I think it's. Uh, I think plumage is very important to people like that. You know. 
Yeah, it's a good way of putting it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And um, but 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 you know, if you feel like you have missed out, the good people over two blokes on fly have just started another one, and they have filmed jet skis, jet skiers in the wild, doing what jet skiers do. Wow. All right. Two blokes on fly. That sounds a bit sus. Let's go have a look at that. <laughs> two blokes on fly. It didn't say two blokes in bed, man. It said two blokes on fly. Two blokes on fly. There you go. Chad and... Oh, Chad and Ryan. So this is Chad... Um, this is Plaid. Here he is. Oh, yeah. Love a good flyby with, him, with 300 metres of water behind him. Okay. Yeah. Look at him go. <laughs> yeah. The jet-powered fun extinguishers. Look at him. Jet-powered... Holy shit! Yeah, that's pretty close. That's unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. So. I I found myself trying to explain to these people like, hey, this dude had miles of water behind me and decided to go right in front of me when I was heading that direction. And they're like, oh, you share the water, bro. It's not you don't own it. Um. And one dude excuse was, oh yeah, uses uses miles when you're in Australia. I'm like, hey, um, nautical yeah. miles, dude get it you don't do nautical kilometers here realize that anyway it was just an interesting um interesting interesting uh insight into the mindset of a jet skier oh yeah look actually yeah i'm just reading the post and i think uh, mr walrus foot says um at bt ducati this is something right up your alley mate i hope the convertible mx5 had no trouble pulling these out. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's funny, hey. Let's click on BT Ducati. Yep, there we go, right. the dude. Zero post, 79 followers. Mm. Following yeah. 31, sounds like a stalker. Yeah. Um, that guy was actually on one of my threads, and he, he called all fly fishermen uh, F-words, and, you know, we'll we'll say fuck on this show, but we won't say the other one. But, um, you know, caught, he said he, he, yeah, a lot of derogative comments towards fly fishermen, that guy, you know. Okay, I wonder who um, boy felt that touched that he needed to make those comments. But yeah. I don't know, mate. Yeah, right. It reminds me of Gary off Team America. Why he doesn't like um... <laughs> Gary off Team America. Sorry, man. I shouldn't laugh at you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't remember why why what why he didn't like someone. Uh, it was clowns, right? I can't remember. Oh, remember when Gary from Team America goes into disguise and goes into. Um, Goes into the... Uh, yeah, but don't be culturally insensitive, mate, here. Goes uh, into dude. the terrorist bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and is the... anyone planning any attacks? Or anything? <laughs> yeah. And he's glued, he's glued all those pubes on his forehead and face. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what Kyle looks like. You know? Oh, right. He looks like Gary from Team America in, just, in, in espionage mode, right? Do you yeah. mean? That's it, eh? Good yeah. one, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Back and back. Muhammad, you had it. Yeah. No, we're going to have to edit that out. That's culturally insensitive. I'm just repeating the line. Yeah. Well, some movies are culturally insensitive, mate. Yeah, that, that movie I've... was made a long time before this was an issue, a worldwide issue, too. Um... Mm, it's always been an issue. I quite like the um, the Film Actors Guild acronym, you know. That, um, that, oh. was, uh, that was quite clever. Yes. Uh, <laughs> a lot of... Um, a lot of uh, very clever, they're very clever gentlemen. Anyway, um, Jeff Volta, we better get yep. out of here. Um, <laughs> is there anything you want to add? Add to um, 
you know, add some more salt into the wound, seeing you've just been... I'm going to find myself defending you tomorrow with your cultural, cultural insensitivity. I'm, I'm sure I'll get messages from people tomorrow oh, after the show airs, I should say. What about? Just the stuff you say, mate. What did I say? You would, like, you know, when you were talking about Gary in the in this bar, you know, that's quoting his stuff. Like, I'll, I'll find myself defending that, you know? And it's cool. I got your back. No Thanks. problem, mate. Ride or yeah. die. Yeah, cool, man. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, send it my way. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> mate, another great interview, surprisingly, from Two Hacks. Um, and, um, yeah, I think we I think we could all enjoy that show, right? Oh, hopefully. Hopefully people enjoy it. I enjoyed creating it, you know. You did? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did enjoy it. Did enjoy it, yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, guys, in another fortnight, we're going to do this again. We want you to join us. And um, hold on a moment. Breaking news. I uh, I just got a... Uh, I've got a uh, text message from my co-host that is a picture of Gary Johnson from Team America. Or <laughs> is it Kyle? I'll leave you with that. Leave that with you, folks. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Kyle. You know what would be good, mate? A bit of Photoshop. And a bit of Gary holding a barra. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now we're talking. I know someone who can Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> well, doka doka, Muhammad Jihad. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, mate. I'll catch you. See you, mate. Bye.